Ready, my man, talk to me. Yo, here I am. I'm talking now. I'm saying a lot of things. Okay. Saying, uh, saying more things. Continuing to say the things. I'm, I have good conversations. La la la. La la la. Hey. Ho. <laughs> What'd you call here me? I am. Ho. <laughs> ho. ho. He's a ho, bow, show. Mama's a ho. Ah, still here. Are you Arnold Schwarzenegger now? Oh. <laughs> I wonder what he sounds like every time he comes. <laughs> you think you should? I bet you. I bet you Arnold. I almost said Arnold Palmer. I bet you Arnold Schwarzenegger says his says his like one liners for movies when he comes. Do you remember remember that story about my? Uh, do you Get to the chopper. What does that mean? What does that when mean? He, do you remember one of my favorite ones when he throws the steam pipe at the dude and it starts like the pipe like starts exuding steam like through the dude's body and he goes let off some steam. That's definitely what he says when he when a woman oh, comes. Geez. He's like ah let off some steam. I bet. <laughs> I heard he's just a man's man. I fucking love The level's good. What's good? What's, Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of my favorite motherfuckers on this planet. Probably not. I'm sorry there's not Hayden Christensen circa really 2003. Yeah. Arnold wishes he had the career that Hayden had. <laughs> <laughs> we all wish we had the career. Arnold's been dreaming about Jamba Juice for a long time. He's, <laughs> he's like, I'm just, I can't have any He's too that. busy looking great at an old age. You know who looks great at an old age? Sly. Yeah. He, he look, no, he looks really good. He looks really good, dude. Yeah. There were, you, you, what you probably saw, he is like 80-something. Not or even. or high seventies. High seventies. Wow. Yeah, he looks fucking great. And yeah, what happened is there were some pictures that came out, which I don't know if they were modified or what, but they made it look like he was really bad. But he, like, I've seen clips of him in the gym within the last two years, and he, for the fact that he's almost eighty years old, he's fucking. He well, looks great. And what you what you also look at with it is what I really like is he he stopped dyeing his hair, so he just embraced the gray, and it really works for him. But even that, as an like as an as an almost eighty year old, like that's. I didn't know he was almost. That and here old. and here's what happens though. Here's also what happens is really difficult when you're a bodybuilder, is your body already has been now, 70. like, like pushed out like this. So it's already now this one size. It's almost impossible for you to make it back to being narrow. So when you get older and all that starts to fall, the muscle does. It's just really hard to keep it could going. Be flab. Yeah, but that that's like if you like feel that. I bet if you hit that, that would feel like a brick. Yeah. Like, that would feel like a brick, dude. That's muscle there. It's just he has saggy skin like old people fucking do. Yeah, that's true. He's 70. 71. Chuck Norris is 78. Chucky. But you know who really looks good for his age? Fucking Sly Stallone. Motherfucking Sly. Look at that. You know who does not look good for his age? Don't say me. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's like ninety. Yeah. Nobody really looks good at ninety. You should stop making movies. Aww. I loved the SNL clip. I did. Which one was that? Oh, with the when Pete Davidson was talking about. Yeah. So I still own. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So they. Did you start? It's recording, but we're still doing levels for the most part. But we can keep this going for a while. Just I'll just keep it ro- keep it rolling keep it rolling. Um, I'm too busy looking up old people's bodies. I guess. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We all have our things. 
But Arnold, so like at the time, all bodybuilders were doing like levels of steroids. And any bodybuilder nowadays is still doing steroids. There's actually a, a natural competition and they look way different than the bodybuilders you see nowadays. Yeah, like like there's no you can't have any of that access and people still think that you can. Why? No, a natural means the, it's you can't use steroids. It's yeah. you got this way, but just because here's because here's the thing about steroids, you Why still gotta work. Got here's the thing about steroids is you still gotta work your ass off to get that shit. But I thought it was illegal. Not no, that. it's only it's only like in sports settings that it's actually like illegal. So bodybuilding is not. Yeah, because you're not physically harming someone. It's not like football. You're not getting. It doesn't. Compa- it doesn't enhance anything. Like you can't use the steroids to enhance something against someone else. Yeah, it's not. You don't have a. You don't have a superior but if you're advantage. Steroids and you're out competing. Somewhere. Yeah, but if everyone's taking steroids, everyone's on a level playing field. But here's the here's the big difference, though. What I was getting at is everyone was taking it, but when they looked at the steroids that were like semi-acceptable that people were doing at that point. This is the 70s, 60s, 70s. It's like a hundredth of the power of steroids that they have nowadays. Like, it's it's stuff that you could actually get closer to over-the-counter stuff. Stuff like, uh, there's a lot of instances of, like, creatine. Certain creatines that are, like, coming in from China that have steroids in it. Some UFC really? fighters have been... Uh, uh, flagged for it, and they have to, like, prove that, look, I had no idea that, you know, they have to really... Because, like, it's the creatine that sometimes comes from, from China that has some steroids. So, like, some people shit over-the-counter has basically what Arnold Schwarzenegger that we're having access to. It's, just, it's like one one-hundredth of what they have nowadays. And you can see it in the bodies of people nowadays. People nowadays' bodies for bodybuilding are fucking insane. Have you seen them? Like, uh, I don't know. They're, like, disgustingly the diff- big. I once saw a video of this Is Mike... Are- <clears throat> so the reason I asked if we officially start is because we need to figure out if we're starting to switch the mics. Okay. So otherwise, um, you won't be able to use anything we're talking what, about. Now. Just get kind of loud. Ah! Okay, maybe not that loud. Not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah! Uh! 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 R. Kelly. Whoa. Whoa. Not for this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> Literally, the name of this podcast has the word controversial in it, so. I've never said a single controversial thing in my life. Yeah, that's Except for fuck trannies. You fucking wake up with a controversial statement. Is there explaining that? (laughs) 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 One day, Brittany, not on here because I've already done it. I'll explain to you my anti-trans theory. I think you already have it, but I think I don't care. There was, there was. Yeah, why would you not care? It's a great argument. Yeah. I I don't enjoy it. Uh, Go trannies. Go be you. Do you? You haven't heard it. You haven't heard it. You definitely haven't heard it. I think I was talking to someone. I was talking to my roommate Irina about it. She was very upset. I was about to say because not you. Mine's is Ooh. very exactly Whoa. go do what you want to do. Yeah. I don't care. Everyone can be everyone. It's it's ter- just terrible fucking name. Just to yeah. just to get people riled up before they even hear the theory. Exactly. Anti trans. Freddie's selling headlines. And it works. Look at her. She was like, I don't even. She she. It, it's so controversial that she thought she, she already got mad. She was about to. <laughs> she was about to take her Hayden Christensen poster and get out of here. Be like, me and Hayden are leaving. And she takes his poster of him. Like, Hayden doesn't have to hear this. He was in Star Wars. It's true. He's too good for you. He's not too good of an actor for me, but no. he's too good as a person. You want to turn off the uh, AC? Because yes. that's in the background. And then we'll get started. Say, that's been going this whole time, and I'm already hot. Well, I said turn off, so. Yeah.
I'm gonna fix the pop filter on this because it's gonna get in the way as I switch over. I love that pop filter that you got. Same exact thing. It's a sound issue. <laughs> what do you say? I was just saying how I really like that pop filter that you have because it goes right over the mic. So you said fucking you would dude. love to stay in there. But yeah, because it's like um. Well, the next I'm one we envy. get I'm will envious. be the same mic, and then and then we'll you'll have we'll that. be on equals, and then we'll, we'll be let equals. someone else separate but equal. Have that. All right. Separately equal, blacks and whites. This Podcasting is, this is Tyler and Freddy's podcast. Separate but equal. Thurgood Marshall would have a boner right now. He'd be like, yes, this is what I fucking fought for. Brown v. Ward. You don't get to this make faces because you got turned on by a Ted Bundy trailer. You don't get to make faces because you got turned on by Anakin Skywalker, who turns me on. That's why I cosplay. I get turned on by Ewan McGregor's performance. You were the chosen one. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Breaks my. I just. I, I, hate you. I was just showing them. Uh, Isn't that emotional yeah, as fuck? Aren't that. I good? Aren't pretty I good? Spot on, I'm really good. I was so I was doing a cosplay convention where I was Anakin Skywalker. My friend was Obi Wan Kenobi, and we had a friend who was doing. He was like an actual well-known Darth Maul cosplayer, right? And he didn't. And this is like my first convention. <laughs> Choose to be a Darth Maul <laughs> impersonator. Not impersonator, just cosplayer. Or just, cosplayer. It just means you're just know. going. To, just means you're being awesome. Why, why wouldn't you want to be badass? Um, I've already right. got the whole red thing down. Yeah. A couple black marks. You don't even need the paint. A couple black marks. Is that racist? <laughs> <laughs> Is that racist? <laughs> and I was just like literally in the parking lot while we were walking with him, just just quoting Anakin Skywalker yelling it in the parking lot he's like i've never met this guy before in my life and he's just like oh my god like please just fucking stop the cringe is like killing me right now because he was just like oh because i was like i hate you <laughs> like in the middle of the parking lot <laughs> all right all right all right all right i guess we'll i guess we'll try to get this thing going i can try to bring it up so i can just go boop 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 but don't worry, I'll raise my hand like a good girl. How did you... You don't have to raise your hand. I feel like I, I, feel like I should move this. <gasps> was that a goat? That was a dolphin. No, I'm going to keep it here just because... Goat dolphin. Goat dolphin. It's a hybrid. Well, yeah. the stability. That's like, you know, Sharknado. It's the next one that oh, they're going to yeah. work on after it's over. Goat, goat dolphin. dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's a goat dolphin. Yeah, it's a goat. You, you, you kind of want to like cuddle it and like be like, oh my god, it's so adorable. Then also, you're also like, it's really slimy for a goat. A golfin? A You know what, Taylor? I think you have a future at naming exotic animals. I really do think you should pursue this passion. How much money can I make? Nowhere near enough. Oh! I think this mic. Was this mic backwards? Were you backwards? Oh man, oh man, it's about to get way better sound quality. Man, oh me, oh my. Oh man, oh me, oh my god, the sound quality is so much better. Unique New York, unique New York. <laughs> 11 Benelephant Elephants. Do it. I don't think I could lose it. 11 Benelephant Elephants. 11 Benelephant Elephants. 11 Benelephant Elephants. Oh, I like that one. That's fun, isn't it? What was, uh, what was, what was on that used to? Yeah, I fucking love the eleven banana elephant elephants. A big black bug bit a big black bear made a big black bear bleed blood. A big black dick made a big black <laughs> made a big black dick bleed blood. No one makes me bleed my own blood. No one makes me bleed my own dick blood. <laughs> Dodgeball. Oh yeah. 
No one makes me bleed my own blood. Adam Sandler is a fucking champ. I think your mic's backwards too. The audio technica signal should be on. Oh my god, the sound just got so much better for both of us. Adam Sandler wasn't in that movie. No, he wasn't. Vince Vaughn. What? Oh, did I? I was just because I was just about to talk about how when I was in San Diego, my friend Chris kept quoting Adam Sandler movies, and I wasn't picking up on the quotes, and I felt like such a dumbass. And I was like, "It's really been that long since I watched Prime Adam Sandler." Like, like, happy. like happy. That's because he's been putting. Is that is that the? Is, oh it, my it, god, that's fucking orgasmic. Are you creamery now? Huh? Are you creamery down oh. south? You cream? Oh. I'm Krispy Kreme. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't like sand. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. I see you're probably quoting something, but... I don't like sand. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. It's Attack of the Clones. Hayden Christensen, as he's talking about not liking sand. Oh, see, I thought that you... Yeah, I know, but he doesn't like where it because it's where coarse. his parents are slaves. He doesn't like it because it's coarse and gets everywhere. You know what that means. That means it gets in his fucking crotch, and he doesn't like it. Like, he... And you'll be surprised. And her vagina, not her cre- the crotch. Her it's, crevice. Her crevice. He didn't say it gets her, everywhere in the crevice. Her crotch. I know, but it her would get in his crotch just her, as much as her crotch. Her womanly it would get crevice. In her crevice more than his. Yeah. Though if it gets in his, I feel like it's gonna be way more painful. Yeah, how would it go up in there? Uh, if she sabotages him, <laughs> she just shoves it full of. In the pee hole. Because he, he tries to have sex with the hole, but he missed and hit the sand, and it was like, oh, damn. It's, it's the first. worst when that happens. Yeah, it's the absolute worst. When you dip your penis in the sand. Terrible. That's why, he, that's why Freddie hates sand. It's coarse, and it gets everywhere. Particularly Hayden on Christensen the penis. was right. <laughs> no, I did. I've never done that. No? Never. Mm. We'll talk after the podcast. Oh, please talk on the podcast. Okay, well, hello, we're back. I gotta try to get this a little bit more comfortable because I'm like, I guess, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll just get over closer to Brittany, but that's more awkward. Hi, Brittany. Hello, <laughs> I'm, I'm really sweating. Okay. Can we turn that air conditioner on? Because <laughs> her hair is red. It's, like she's, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's like the devil. It's like fire. It's like fire. It's like that music festival that. That everyone promised was going to be really good, but it really wasn't. Fire! Sorry. Was it fire? Okay, wait. It was fire. Why with, is it, it spelled? It was fire with a Y. F-Y. Because it's I mean, lit, fam. Mm, it's for the little... Things I don't want you to say ever again. Do you want me to say it's... I don't got another vocabulary for something. No, but does no, is it literally... <laughs> like it, I thought it might have meant something different. Was it literally just... Just to be weird. Like, they were like, Firefest was like, mm, something's not right with like, that you know, this logo. Doesn't, this doesn't feel exciting enough, so we need a Y in there. And literally, no, someone goes, why? And they're like, that's fucking perfect. They're like, yes, it needs a Y. <laughs> why did I fucking think of that? Why, you know, why, why is Adam, it called fire? Why? That's definitely, that would be one of those uh, who's on first moments. Yeah, right. <laughs> Add a Y. Why? You why? get it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you understand why? No, 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 why? no, but why? Exactly. Yes. Oh where the God. I would be. But yeah, but why? You know what? We're making you fucking CEO. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of intelligent thing that You're going to make us need. money. You're going to make us a bunch of money. <laughs> Did you ever see BoJack Horseman? Have you seen BoJack Horseman? 
No, I've been told. Oh my god, it's so good. There's a scene basically like that where his his roommate, this kind of like the dumb friend played by Aaron Paul and stuff, works his way up to a CEO position, literally for just being like insanely stupid, um, but doing saying things that no one ever thought of. So they're like, "Oh my god, you're so you're so genius, you're so smart." Because it's like some millennium uh, corporation. That's like a. The Office, where you wait, you've yeah, you've seen The Office. No, I've seen enough episodes, but I don't, I haven't seen all of them. Well, then you guys know about this. Then yeah, the, the ladies. The scene, I, th- I think you, I don't know where you are. Um, Hi, it's guys. where it's where and Andy is uh is going through. He's watching that movie with Jack Black and the old lady. Yes, and then yeah. Jim and Pam keep Cloris saying Leachman. things that are completely irrelevant to the movie, and he's like, oh, that's. I never thought of that. That's, that's so. They have insights in the movie. I can't even <laughs> understand. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Taylor, what's your favorite scene? Uh, okay, wait. First of all, we have two guests with us here today, and we're trying to navigate the mic between us. So there's an awkward silence between people talking. That's the mic moving positions. Yes. So it is my roommate Taylor, ready, and my roommate. Oh wait, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> Damn it, I just want to be part of this. And then Brittany Friedman? That's that's correct. How many people how many people say Friedman? About three a day. Three a day. <laughs> Do you keep a quota? Three a day. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped keeping track, but on average. Uh-huh. Stop keeping track, but now you report. Yeah. Okay, but they are here as uh, I guess guests. I uh, and, and yeah. that in the weird so uh, I guess Taylor's yeah. gonna tell us she's going through the office and she's gonna tell us what her favorite scene so far has been on the spot. Here you go. Oh, I actually have the perfect answer to this question. Wow, you've been thinking about it. I have. Well, because I saw it question. just recently. Granted, I okay. still have not finished the series, so it could change. Uh-huh. Are you having issues? I I always have issues. <laughs> Ignore me. But my favorite scene so far is the scene where they haven't told Jim and Pam have not told people that they're getting married. And yep. Pam mm. is on the phone. I'll let you guys talk about this. And she's upset that no one has congratulated her and Jim was like I haven't told anybody. So Jim puts her on speakerphone and tells the office that they're getting married and Michael walks in at that point, of course. And he like just puts down his things, and then tackles Jim to the ground. And the reason why I find it so funny is because Jim, for a split second, he just is stock still and just stares at the camera as he just... <laughs> as he pummels him over. Goes down. Yeah. I laugh. Actually, just recently rewatched that one. So hard. It's pretty good. That's just probably good. my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I don't know if that's my favorite. There's, there's a few better. It made me laugh so hard. It made me laugh. I had to rewatch it like three times because it was so funny. Wait, so you've never seen it? You've never I've seen, seen I've seen like a couple of episodes. I haven't, uh, wow. literally a handful. I, it's you know, it's I love Steve Carell. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. I don't know. Most people will tell me they yeah. can't watch The Office because Steve Carell's character makes them cringe so hard. Steve Carell is fucking bay, dude. Steve Carell's so good. <laughs> I love Steve Carell. Dad of the year. No, he's amazing, but he's so awkward in the office that some people have told me they can't even get through an episode with him because they feel so awkward watching it. I wonder what it must have been like like on set with him, like as he's doing this character, like were people like were some like people like the caterers like really 
like man that guy's really awkward <laughs> like, like especially before he was like the like he was always steve carell because he did like 40 year old virgin and stuff before yeah. the office but like before he was the steve carell were they like is that what he's really like yeah. is that just like we is well the bloopers are so fun to watch have you seen the bloopers at least no <laughs> they're all over facebook they're hilarious you and me run in different circles I apparently <laughs> The bloopers are amazing. They have a million of them, and they have to redo the same scenes over and over because they cannot get through them. It's ridiculous. I I can only imagine, though, like, on those... Because you have some of the funniest people in in show business on that show, so I can only imagine that it just gets really crazy, like, with the improv. (laughs) It does. Apparently, so when I first moved out here, which was... Uh, four years ago and then I left etc etc but I was working at the Daily Grill in Studio City and the studio that shoots the office is right like a block or two from it I think it's CBS Um, and so I guess like before I worked there because at this point the office had had ended um, they were like yeah you know the whole cast of the office will come in for lunch and stuff and I was like what and they're like and like uh, Stanley Stanley still would come in to like the Daily Grill and I'm like shout out to you my brother he acts like Stanley of course that's but, amazing. But I was just like, oh my god, I'm so, I love like this is where I was like, I love Los Angeles. Yeah. I, I was like, oh my god, the whole cast of the office comes in to eat at my at my workplace. I think. And Chris Evans' assistant came up, and he was in the car down below. I go, is Chris oh, Evans wow. here? Because I saw the I saw the card. He paid with Chris Evans' card. I was like, uh, are you Chris Evans? He's like, uh, he's down in the car below. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking sneak off of this host stand. I'm gonna be like, ass, ass. No. <laughs> Like <laughs> Literally, I just reported identity theft. <laughs> Chris goes, you know what? I was wondering if I actually paid for these trips. <laughs> um, I, I think when Brendan, when you say that uh, people say they can't watch it because he's so awkward, and it's cringeworthy and cr- cringeworthy. But I think that to me, The Office is weirdly an exceptional. Like Steve Carell and really Steve Carell, Golden. Andy, and. Rain Wilson, John Grzynski. No, no, I don't, not, not them. Specifically, Andy and Steve are, the rest of them are hilarious. But those two play awkward characters so exceptionally well that it seems like it's, like, it really does feel like a higher level of acting. Because Steve Carell does things with his face and little like his face, like his faces is are crazy. the most subtlest, best fucking yeah. faces. The character is great. Like Jim is fucking great in the show, but he just feels like he's kind of just acting. He's doing a really good job at just acting. But yeah. Steve Carell and Andy, like I sit there and go, I would, I would never have been able to like it. Just every little nuance, it feels like he's not even trying to do something. He's just letting it, letting the character do what the character does. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about it is like he's no, un, like one of the best people at subtle comedy. That's just ridiculous is Steve Carell. I, every time I watch him, I'm like, I'm watching a fucking master, even in his dramatic stuff. Cause I really love his dramatic stuff. Um, we talked about how to me, he made crazy, stupid love. Like he makes that movie yeah. way better. And Ryan Gosling's of it's literally become my favorite rom-com. And it's actually just one of my favorite movies. I can put it on any time. And it's cause Steve Carell brings the dramatic weight to that, that you feel for this character. And that was when I really started noticing him as a dramatic actor. And now he's done like Beautiful Boy and all these things where he's yeah. just amazing. And it's that's where they say, you know, like comedians, they, they, they have a saying. I know you don't necessarily agree with it, but that comedy is harder than drama. And you do see it sometimes when the people like Robin Williams and like Steve Carell come in. You go, oh, wait, no, these guys aren't just funny. They are also great actors, you know, Jim Carrey and stuff like that. And you're like, wow. I, I, yeah, I have slight 
I don't know that I fully agree with the statement, but I do fully agree that comedy is is just as difficult uh, in some ways. I do know, like, yeah, there's there's a lot of I think there's a lot of comedy actors who can do drama in some way. They can learn right. how to just be serious because for the most of our lives, we we know how to just have a conversation. And the truth is, you can have. Like you don't need to go bawling level to to show that you're serious, right. but it does. It's difficult to uh, take someone who's a serious actor and yeah. then just throw them into a comedy and have them. Do I was just about to say the Steve only one Perot I can does. think of that's a great comedian that was primarily a dramatic actor is is Jeff Daniels when he did Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey. Oh, that's true. He had yeah, only that's, really that's done like dramatic roles. His agent even didn't even want him to take Dumb and Dumber. Cause he's like, it's going to kill your career. This is a, and they literally said, Jim Carrey is a master. You are going to get outshone in this movie. Like you're going to look dumb in a different way. Uh, basically. And they're like, don't take it. It's, don't do you, it. Perhaps like, it might literally look like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> and, and he was like, no, you know, I, this is, I really believe in this project and I really, and he, he did it, but that was a big leap for him. And he's the only guy I can really think of that would like did all dramatic and then did something that's just pure comedy after well, that. Well, also John Hamm, because he was only that's known true. in Mad Men. That's true. His, his cameos are so are fucking good. great. Not his cameos. They're not cameos. They're, they're like small, the small roles. roles. But like in Bridesmaids, yeah. he was so but, funny. But he's so good in like Tag. Did you see Tag? I didn't see Tag. Oh my God. I laughed my ass off at Tag. It's based on the truth. It came out this July. Yeah. And it's based on a true story about these four friends who for 30 years did tag for the entire month of February. Like they would be in different corners of the, of the country and they would all get together for this game of tag. And it's like this childish game, but then you really realize like this is also what kept this group of friends together through all these years. So it has a really heartwarming story behind it, but the comedy is fucking hilarious. You have um, John Hamm, you have Jeremy Renner, you have... Um, the guy from The Hangover, I'm, I'm mind blanking his name, the dentist from The Hangover. Um, Andy, Andy, or the one who plays Andy? Ed yeah. Helms. Ed Helms, thank you very much, Brittany. And then, um, and fuck, the guy from New Girl who... Uh, oh, the guy who plays Nick. Yeah, Nick, the guy who plays Nick from New Girl, and he's in Jurassic World and stuff. So you got yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. killer cast of comedians, and, um, and, uh, and uh, oh, shit, he's a real comedian. Um, this is going to be really racist. <laughs> Hannibal Buress. I did not have to go racist with it. I was like, that black guy I know what really you were funny. Say. I was like, that black guy was that really funny. That one nigga who did the thing. <laughs> hey, I didn't I, say I, the N-word. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I think so. Uh, there's a lot of uh, movies who will, like, when it's a comedy movie, a lot of movies that are going to be called comedies go really heavy on the character acting. Um, you, you, they might have a contrast, uh, but even like, I don't know what the movie was called, but the one with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Oh yeah, it's like that road trip movie, right? Yeah, that was where they, you know, they had one person who was supposed to, you know, not really be yeah, the funny the guy, man. and then the really ridiculous funny guy. Yeah, like guy. the straight or, man. Or, yeah, and, guy, and then yeah. the Hangover does the same thing, yeah, and then you have Cooper's movies character. like Anchorman, where everyone is these ridiculous characters. There's a lot of one of my favorite comedies that doesn't do that, but I still think it's funny as fuck. Is actually Two Guns with Denzel Washington Denzel and Mark Washington. Wahlberg. I don't remember that one. Have I you never see seen it. that? I don't think I've seen it. We're going to need to... No what, do you think, what do you think? Taylor, of, have you seen it? What do you think of like... Uh, Two Guns? No. Nope. Here's the thing. Uh, None so of I, haven't, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know exactly the tone that's set, but what do you think of like Pain and Gain going again with Mark Wahlberg so it's, and it's Dwayne very, Johnson? It's very, so uh, Mark Wahlberg's comedy is very similar yeah. 
in that. Uh, you gotta see to it's it's Mark Wahlberg's it's another good Mark Wahlberg's a good dramatic actor who went comedian not comedian but he does comedy movies between Ted and like and and you know Two Guns and all these things so it's another good one there. That's true, and he started as a rapper, so multi-talent and, and a Calvin Klein model. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. That bulge is so Mark talented. Yeah, Marky Mark, Marky Mark, and the Funky Bunch. Just a good vibration. He also beat you know. A Vietnamese homeless man, but that's cool. We, we've all—that's Boston for you, man. That's just Boston. Like that's where I'm from, basically. Boston, so bro. It's just like it's like ah, who the fuck's this fucking uh, Vietnamese guy? Hey, uh, question for you. Yeah. Are you well respected? Your family? Oh yeah. Um, no, I'm fucking well respected hey, in my family. Hey. Hey, you fucking respect you. You, you think I'm because hey, if your family fucking, doesn't respect you, hey, that's what I'm saying. Hey, you better fucking respect let me, me. Motherfucker, let me fucking tell you I respect it. You think Wahlberg's respected in his family? Hey, not fucking, as respected as you. Little, little not as respected joints? as you. No, he ain't fucking respected because you're well respected in your fucking so family. So fucking well respected. My fucking son gonna have his own spaghetti line. I just want to ask the audience how many times they've heard this thing happen. What audience in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> You gotta have those running jokes. You need to even watch your mom's house podcast. Like and the, be- the best thing about it is that anyone who ever listens to this podcast, like on the fifth show or the eighth show or the tenth <laughs> show, they're gonna be like, "Why are they doing this? What are <laughs> they? What are they? What are they talking? Babe, we don't have to be to be fucking well respected. Well, that was, that's in our more family. New York, right there. But we we were sitting there and like, because like some of the podcasts I follow, like your mom's house podcast and everything, are literally just built. That's on Segura, in- right? Yeah, Tom Segura and his wife are just built on inside joke. Wrapped in another inside joke, wrapped in another inside joke. And you, the more that you listen to it, the more you get attached because you're like, I understand this. I understand the levels of these references. So like, I'll still, I'll go to people in like drive throughs and be like, they'll hand me my drink. I'll be like, thanks mommy. And then they'll look at me like really strange. And I'm like, <laughs> and then there'll be like that one guy who goes, oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah. Tom Segura. One like, day I'll oh, show yeah. you the clip of the original well-respected and, 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 yeah. Honestly, Brittany, it's kind of disgusting that you don't support us by listening I, to this podcast. I, so you would know if you listened to episode two. I didn't know it existed until tonight. So. The the hard the hardest part of that realization is that I thought I could call uh, Brittany somewhat of a close friend, um, or at least it felt like it was yeah. kind of like. And but then now <laughs> it feels more uh, that she might just be a raging bitch. I don't want to say <laughs> it out loud. Uh, but, but you know the thoughts out at. there. Yeah, you didn't you know? even you didn't even say it. The thought was so crystal clear out there that it picked up on the mic. Yeah, it might be, it might be it too loud. soon to say it, but I feel like it goes my deadbeat dad, and then like mm. Brittany, Brittany, yeah. dead deadbeat friend, and then Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, Just, well, well, Brittany doesn't look like Ted Bundy, baby. Uh, people. Like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people wish I looked like him. You know All what? Rage right now. Ted Segway. Ted Segway. Bundy. Segway. Ted Bundy. Segway. Ted Bundy's well respected Se- in his family. He's very, <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to support that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, so segue time. Quick, quick segue as well. What a year Did for fucking segue. The segue. I segue. Did you just, segue? Segue. Did you just I pre-segue hop, the segue? I, you had your little segue. You're rolling around on it. And I took mine. I bunny hopped right onto your segue, and then we double rode that segue to this. We're segue. double riding a segue. Oh, we fucking. Yeah. What's our first stop? So the first stop is this. What a year for serial killer movies because we have. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino's film about Marilyn Man, uh, the the uh, nope, Manson murders. I was gonna say Charles Manson. <laughs> I'm really, I apologize. I'm really excited to see Leo in 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 Brad Pitt in the same movie because so I loved him. I love Brad Pitt in Inglory. Ooh, yeah, well, uh, not a sound effect. Excuse us, we didn't Brittany's, push a button. Brittany's got to go There's change her pants. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
Uh, we will. That's a that's a pants changing uh, segue. At this Ooh, point, awkward, awkward. <laughs> her face is as red as her hair right now. Uh, she's Leo, she is a ginger. <laughs> she is she is Leo Ginny. Brad. If you're listening, not Brad, just Leo. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm very excited about that. And but like you have that, you have the Ted Bundy film. You had though you did have last year my friend Dahmer, which was about him in Ooh. high school. Um, so this is quite a year for fucking, you know, year, two years for serial killers. It's every white That's girl's what? dreams coming true. <laughs> what does what that say? Does of, what does that say about our society or true. white girls? Can I? White, white women love serial killers. Anything to do with Can murder I just say I line. don't agree with this? What's, what, well, hold on, hold on. What's, <laughs> what's the, there's a word for actually being sexually attracted to serial killers. Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, that. But that's okay. So that's what we were talking about earlier: is how upset Netflix is at all these women just ooing and awing over <laughs> Ted. Basically, Bundy. being Britney right now. No, <laughs> not over. But here's the thing: he was. We were talking about it. He was so charming and actually attractive that he really did have a following, even though they knew he was on trial for murder. They didn't care. That's how charming okay. and gorgeous he was. It is called uh, hybristophilia. It's. I just wanted to read this whole Wikipedia thing because I find it funny. Uh, which okay, histophilia is a paraphilia in which sexual arousal, felicitation, and attainment of orgasm are responsive to and contingent upon being with a partner known to have committed an outrage, an outrage, cheating, lying, known infidelities or crimes such as rape, murder, or armed robbery. So. Real quick, before we continue, segue to the segue to the segue. Uh, so this <laughs> we is are just, triple segue in this bitch with the switching. How does it sound? Can I was you hear? About doing that too. Can you hear this? The movements. I can hear your sexy voice. Yeah, you can. You hear that? You hear that daddy velvet voice? Oh, hear that, I hear that Ted Bundy voice. Oh. What do I do about it? <laughs> Did you just insult me, like sir? That. I didn't realize I that was going to be an insult. Well, it's like weird because it's like a compliment, but like also it's It is a compliment up. in the way that he actually had quite a nice voice. I don't mm. like you. I know. I don't like <laughs> I don't. They called him Bundy Velvet. Hey! <laughs> you have crossed Velvet Bundy. Line. Okay, but it's, so anyway, uh, so the, how this happened, Ted Bundy, uh, she came over, Brittany, Brittany Friedman, uh, comes <laughs> fried over, man. and she tells me that she's That's seen this documentary. I was going to say, at the end, he was a fried man. No. I, I, <laughs> I, I on the same don't level. need you guys talking. Okay. Um, so wow. Brittany comes over, and uh, and <laughs> she's like, oh, I watched this documentary. She's a little too excited. I'm uncomfortable. Um, but she's telling me how excited too. she is about this documentary and how great it was. And then I tell her that – did I tell her or you tell her? I told her. Did you tell her? <laughs> Who told, told her, her off? I told her that Ted Bundy has a movie coming out. Uh, or I had no him, idea. Yeah, Ted Bundy starring uh, in it, and he directed it. Yeah. <laughs> he has a movie then, coming out. And then so we watched the trailer, and afterwards, Brittany uh, is- Wow, what a, what a fucking suspense. Is way too excited in more ways Listen, than one. it was more about Zac Efron. Okay. And the whole trailer, the way the trailer was made, it looks, it's kind of like- like he's like he's this guy everyone wants to be and all the women love him and and here's the thing though that's how he saw himself and so I think that's what the trailer was going for was let's portray him as he saw himself as people actually saw him and it worked it had an effect on it did me. so so my thing 
to Tyler because I have I there's very few movies that have had a, an actual like moral objection to. And the are releasing going, of are we this, going Stevens are we going Stevens steps here? Morally <laughs> objecting them, yeah. to a project. This is one of them where I here we go. I don't I don't have a problem with them doing a movie about him. It's a little it's a little strange, but the thing what I was telling them is that there's a bunch of, there's monstrous characters everywhere. Okay, the Joker is one of the most famous ones. Everyone mm. loves the Joker. Heath Ledger's version of the Joker, Jack Nicholson's version yeah. of the Joker. Everyone loves People an anti-hero, yeah. yeah. And, and it's just fun to watch him. But when you really break it down, he is truly an evil mm. man. But he's fictitious, which makes it okay. Hannibal Lecter. I loved watching Hannibal Lecter. And in some ways, I was like, I want to be that good uh, oh. at things. Oh, okay. Not, that's I didn't where, that's where you were going. I was like, uh, on some level, I wanted to be no, Hannibal Lecter. I just wanted Lecter. to be that good at the things that he did. He was so suave and so smooth. But then once you make it real, and it's a real person who did real atrocities, my issue with it is that he killed 30-plus women. He raped them. He, he had sex with their dead bodies. He killed them, obviously. And they like came Zach out Efron with this trailer. I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it was not, <laughs> not good. Uh, <laughs> Just and in moving. this trailer, they made it seem like this was some, like, this is the cool guy. He, like, we watched a video where a guy was talking about it, and it seems like a heist movie. Like, this is the suave guy who breaks the law, but he does yeah. it in such a cool way, gets all the chicks. And although that was his actual persona, although he was very charismatic, the film made it seem like all men watching this wanted – sorry, the trailer made it seem like all go. men wanted to be him, and all women wanted, to be wanted him. And that feels um, disrespectful. I will say that you're – Here's the thing is that we do have to separate those two things, the film and the trailer. Now, trailers have been notoriously bad in some levels nowadays because actual film companies have very little control over the trailer that is cut because it's a third party. So they send it off. So they'll get a bunch of clips, some of them before the movie's even finished, which is why some clips will make the movie and then it's not in the actual movie because it was well before the final cuts were there, right? And so the trailer company decided this is probably one of the best ways to market it. But I, and I will say that it could work because what you're getting at is the controversial aspect of the film, which I think is going to, it's a different take on a serial killer telling because it looks fun. It looks charismatic. It looks like these things. So I think it will draw audiences in. But what we have to see is how does the movie portray this? Well, and that's you know what, I mean? that, that's what we talked about earlier. That yeah. I fully I fully understand that the trailer was one thing. Right. The movie might be we another. We just gotta see what if the movie during does. the movie it, the way it, that it they idolizes would, them, yeah. The way that they redeem themselves is if during the movie you start off with kind of idolizing, romanticizing, kind of taking us through the journey, and then all I need to happen is by the end of the movie, you need to feel disgusted that you liked him at the beginning. What that do you think needs, about that, Brittany? That, that, so I agree. I do agree, but at the same time, artistically, it would make sense if they showed it through his lens of how he saw himself, because that really is how he saw himself. But sometimes art is disrespectful, and I think that in this case, it is. Like, I agree that it's a Tyler, what you said, it's effective. It's going to get butts in seats. That looks like a fun movie. That's true. That's a smart thing to do business-wise. Artistically, to show it from his perspective, Give it kind of like this this dream era. Like, this is just a great, like, this is, and that's how he viewed it. Artistically, that makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, agreeing with both of those, I still find it moral, morally objectionable. Go along one second, Brittany, because uh, there's one interesting thing that I just thought about while listening to Brittany and you quickly talk about that is sometimes film shows us aspects of ourselves, right? And I think it'd be really interesting if this movie is idolizing those aspects of it, right? 
but the artistic intent and it hits with the audience is we look at this guy and we idolize him. And then when the movie ends, we look at ourselves and go, why was I idolizing that guy? And what traits of ego do I pertain? Do I carry that Ted Bundy had? So it'd be really interesting if it's like this whole movie is about like idolizing him. And then we have to self-reflect at ourselves and go, am I sitting? Cause we always make these guys monsters. We always make them inhuman and then have it be a reflection of a very human person. That could be also a very interesting look for uh, an audience to be taking in. So it depends on how it hits with audiences. I, th I think that would be good. I just really think that at the end of the movie, it is incredibly important if it's not going to be something that is completely immoral. Because my problem is there are 30, 30 people died plus, 30 plus people died, 30 that we know of. And those families still exist. This was in right. what, 19 what? In the 70s. This was in the 70s. Yeah. So those families still exist. Either the fathers of the and girls. The survivors. Or the survivors. Or the, the, the children of. Like the people who are connected to that still exist. Who are affected by everything that happened. And that means that they got to watch that. So they got to watch that trailer. And be like this movie is making this look like Ted Bundy is the greatest person to be around. And that I get everything you guys are saying and it makes perfect sense and it's true. And if it's from his lens, that makes sense, but that doesn't stop it from being something that is like it's, it's if, if all that I'm saying is at the end of the movie, you have to leave it saying that dude is a fucking monster. Well, and I agree. And the, even at the end of his life, he admitted that he was a monster and you know, gave his interview and confessed to everything. So even at the end of his life, his narcissism wore off and he confessed to everything. So I think naturally they would have to end it that way. If they if they don't end it there, then I would be concerned, actually. So one thing I do want to point out, and I did point this out earlier, is I actually found an article where they interviewed one of the survivors. Mm -hmm. um, they interviewed a woman who he went into her sorority house back in 1974. And this wasn't the lady with the underneath the couch, was it? Um, Is that a different I, I, serial that's killer? That's a different serial that's killer. Different serial yeah. killer? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, she was they in just her like sorority, those sorority house houses. And in, yeah, and and she survived, and they interviewed her. And I actually just verified she did see the film at Sundance Film Festival. She saw it, and what she said was that she didn't have a problem with the way Zac Efron had portrayed him because right. that's how he was. What the woman said, though, was that she hopes that the viewers watching the movie kind of saw what she saw in that yeah. she wants them to understand that he was this wasn't a normal person and by the end she wants people to understand that people need to be more aware people yeah. use these tactics to one one thing i'm really nervous about though as we talk about this um and also another quick side note as well i want zach efron to be what we saw him in the trailers. I want, I don't want him to have a, a hint of remorse because that is probably how Ted Bundy was. It's about how the film's going to portray that around this character. So, uh, but one quick thing that I do, I get scared nowadays because you look at, we just thought we were talking about Mad Men. There's been a new trend now in the last decade of anti-heroes, people that shouldn't be idolized that we do idolize. Like Don Draper, is not someone that you necessarily want to model your life around. His life is entirely dysfunctional and terrible. But you have so many men being like, I want that Don Draper lifestyle. I want, they see the suits, they see the women, they see what have you. They don't see the alcoholism, the, the crippling depression and all these things. So you look at these antiheroes and antiheroes are made to be uh, looked at and then being like, I don't want to be like that. 
But now we've gone to the case of glorifying him, probably since Paul Newman's Cool Hand Luke, that's been kind of the case, um, to the point that now I'm almost worried that if we do have this movie, because he's probably going to be anti-hero in the, in the sense that he's a very per- terrible person, but he's the main character that we know of from the point of view. Now I'm going to be worried that people might look up to him in some level. Well, I'm, I'm terrified because, so, Brittany, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Ted Bundy. I had to be told who he is. Um, I knew of his name and I knew he was a serial killer, but I didn't know the details of it. Uh, and I know that at the end of it, he does uh, admit to the killings and he gives a whole, there's a whole interview where he's talking about it and, and, mm-hmm. and he's very put together. There's tears, but he's very put together when he's yeah. talking about it. And the problem that I see is that when you look at the traits of him, extremely charismatic, relatively handsome, uh, <laughs> yeah, people made it seem like he was a hunk. I saw him. He was he was a, a very straightforward looking male who was very charismatic, which I think is what made him exactly. so attractive. Um, very, very smart. Yes. And very put together, very calculated. And these are all traits that we want to be and we look up to. And then what I fear is that at the end of the movie, when he's giving the interview, there is something redeeming about villains in stories who look and say, yes, I did this terrible thing. I'm not hiding who I am anymore. This is exactly what I did. Here's why I did it. And yeah. that is, that is like, if, so if, have we all, we've all seen Watchmen, right? You've seen it, you've seen it, you've seen yeah. it. There's something about uh, the hero, even though he's the villain and then you have your ideas whether he's a hero or not. But the guy who, I forget his name, but the guy who kills everyone. Yeah, the uh, insanely smart man. He's an insanely smart man. But at the end, he lets the guy, just, he lets Night Owl just attack him. And he takes the beating and he says, I did this because I, I, I did it. And when we see that, we consider that a redeeming quality. We consider that a brave quality. And I'm just scared mm. that at the end of that, we're going to say not only was he charismatic, smart, good looking, calculated. At the end, he owned up to his shit. And when you bring that all together, I'm just afraid people will leave that saying that's that's a that's. Well, then the hope is that they'd see the other side, that he was clearly a sociopath, that, I mean, here's the thing, just because he comes clean at the end doesn't mean he didn't do all those things. And I don't even necessarily think he came clean because he was looking for mercy. I think he did it in order to, and they say this in the documentary, in order to actually prolong his death date. He thought if he could confess and say, you know, I have more information, they would actually prolong it. I don't think it was done out of, the kindness of his heart in any decent kind of way and so I mean I hope people do see that part but the reason that he's such this such a prolific character in our history is because he fooled so many people and we imagine these serial killers walking around us like they should be monsters and they don't look like monsters they look like him well and one thing well uh, two things that make me more confident about the film is a this sort of testimony from the survivor she's she's pleading with people to see what she saw so she didn't see the movie and blatantly was like no they glorify him they romanticize him this is no this is not what happened a survivor of ted bundy was like i want you to see this movie and i want you to think about these things by the end i want you to have this conclusion and the other thing that makes me a little more confident in the movie is the fact that zach efron himself was like no I'm, I'm telling you guys, this is not how it's going to go down. I don't know if I'd take his word for it, but I do see where well, you're I mean, I will, he's, he's I will say one quick biased, thing. But. 
What a smart move by Zac Efron, though, career-wise. Way to shake anyone who still thought of you as, like, high school musical band. Yeah. Like, this will... Because I just did a t- uh, I just typed in Zac Efron, and the first thing came up was Zac Efron, Ted Bundy, right? It's like, what a good career move to be like, look, I'm not that same guy anymore. I'm an actual actor. I'm taking this seriously. One thing I wanted to raise a question to... Um, though he is actually pretty pretty well known as well, but he doesn't have a name, is are we questioning the intent of this film because of the trailer or the talent that's involved? Like, because is that... Is I have Zach, no issues with the talent okay. involved. Because the like we don't, because we, the talent. Yeah, because we don't know the director, though. As I look him up, he is an Academy Award and Emmy-nominated director as well. My only concerns, when they're like, we're doing a Ted Bundy movie, I'm like, okay, interesting. It's Zac Efron. Oh, Interesting. Right. I don't care about the talent. Okay. But when you watch that first trailer, it is glorified. Right, right. So it's a trailer it, for you. It's the trailer. Yeah. I am fully 100%. Like, I'm hoping that the movie gives the message it needs to. That it mm. shows. Like, they re- what they need to do is show how charismatic he was. I think that's important. I think that the aspect that they showed in that trailer, they need to emphasize that because that is important. That's how he was. That is important. But they also need to equally hit home with how evil he was. Right. They have to give us scenes that equally, like in the same way that you look at him and go, fuck, that guy is awesome. They need to give us a scene where you go, holy shit. Because everyone has met someone in their life where you thought they were great. And then they, they do some shit that you never thought they could do. And then you go, I don't give a fuck what you do after this. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you go back to how you were. I saw what you're capable of. And you will never be the same person to me. Well, Every not everyone, well, but most I will people say most that likely that's gonna be the case of this movie. Look at the title. The entire title is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. That's the entire that's the I, film I, title. I'm hoping you know so. what I mean? I'm hoping so. Yeah, but that's the, the trailer didn't do a good job. But it's literally the in the film title. I think it's gonna be absolutely as it says, wicked, evil, and vile. I think it's gonna do that. I actually will say there is one part of the trailer, because I, I love the trailer, but there is one part of it that didn't make sense to me, and that was the girlfriend, Liz. They showed her saying things like, I had to see you, and oh, I missed you, and it kind of being all over him, but that's not how it was in real life. She's actually the one that turned him in. And Zac Efron said, you know, we don't romanticize him. That's pretty romantic. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if that's like early on in the relationship or what. Hollywood in there somewhere. You do. Like, you do. It's not going to be the full well, true story. The reason why I asked the question about the talent involved is because I remember three years ago and I had to double check to make sure that this was still green lit to happen. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese are teaming up to tackle America's first serial killer that we know of. H.H. H. Holmes. Are you familiar with him? H.H. H. Holmes. I thought it was. Is that, are those the Manson things? No. This is from Wait, 1890. H.H. H. Holmes. Who's getting together to do this? Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Oh, that's separate from the Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He's about to do two so here's, serial he, well, killer Well, Leonardo DiCaprio is not playing Manson. He's playing an actor at the time. And Brad Pitt's playing his stunt double. They have another guy playing Manson. No, I know, but I'm saying he's in two movies that are... Yeah, and I had to double-check to make sure that this was still greenlit, and there is an article still mentioning this that's just from a few months back. And here's what the story... H.H. Holmes was more vile than Ted Bundy. He was more vile than Ted Bundy. He admitted to 23 murders, but they say the body count's close to 200 that he did. This is in 1893. He was next to the World's Fair, and he had a hotel that was made to torture people. And the entire torturing thing was killing women 
And it was the entire hotel. It was what they based the American Horror Story hotel kind of idea roughly on. But this is real life, and this is what he does. And, and wait, you know, he had a whole he had a hotel, a whole hotel that was and, made to torture people. And how wait, how did people not know? It's eighteen ninety three. I don't know. People are too busy trying not to die of tetanus. I don't. I don't know. But like, yeah, it, it's like that's why I want to know the story. That's why I want to read more about. It. I guess there's it's based on a book that was released uh, a few years back about it. Not a few years back, maybe like fifteen years ago. Um, but the reason why I asked about the talent involved, why I asked that question is because the moment they announced Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese doing a serial killer movie, I never once thought like, are they going to get the tone right? Are they going to do this right? Because I was like, I know they're going to tackle that right. I know they're going to do a good job with it. But so, okay, so that's a valid thing to say, but to, to bring it back to Bundy. I didn't have any of those thoughts until I watched that trailer. So you saw the trailer. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering. Um, because it was only once I saw the trailer where I was like, I, I mean, I, I definitely had the question of like, okay, they're making a, a thing about Dead Bundy. You know, it's a movie. Like, I had the thought of movies glorify the main character almost always. And so if they're doing a movie about Ted Bundy and it's beautiful ass Zac Efron, <laughs> I, had, I had the thought, but I didn't, I wasn't too concerned about like the talent in it. Um, so when I see Leonardo DiCaprio, what I do say is that I have seen a lot of what he like his morality uh, and in a lot of interviews. And if I see them, I would go, well, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, they like wouldn't, you, you know, from his past or like his, yeah. his, his histories or just his knowledge as an actor. Yeah. And so you I'd also go, know where like Zac Efron, you know, he's not he's he's a name, but he's not a star. He hasn't had a successful movie yeah. where he started. So you would say like. Is he just taking a movie just to get? A, yeah. So a, the thought process role. is the same. Leo it's just once you get to the names, if you're familiar with them in some way, you go, mm, I don't think they would ever actually do that. You know, right. if Will Smith was somehow doing a serial killer movie, I was like, he he turned down Django because he didn't want to be seen as the the white people killer. Yeah, right, Because right. his fan base. Yeah, yeah. So Jamie Foxx was it, like, I'll be the white people killer. Yeah, it's so <laughs> when when that happens, you look at it and I'm like, I don't think they would do that. But the thought process is. Did still you the know? Same. Did you know that the original Django cut was like an extra hour long, and Tarantino it. loved it, and it had a bigger, it had a whole subplot for Jonah Hill's Ku Klux Klan character. Which, it had a whole that was, subplot. That's the whole thing was hilarious. I would, watch that. I would watch that in a heartbeat. I'm surprised they didn't release it as an. I know. Extra I wish Tarantino yeah. did. Like if they, if like, they had done that, he, he would. Everyone who liked the movie would have been like, "I'm watching." Oh, that. we would all buy it because oh, yeah. it's kind of like it, once you think about it, you go, "Oh yeah, that part really was small for like Jonah Hill, and like it really didn't have a, like a, a part, a piece Why of the movie other." Then it's, make the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, I guess you're thinking, oh, it's just a fun cameo. But now you're like, oh, shit, did Jonah Hill sign on to read the original script and go, here's a real part? And then Tarantino's like, hey, buddy, listen, we uh, we had to cut you. <laughs> I got mad respect for Jonah Hill. It really gets in the art of it when he took uh, when he took Wolf on Wall Street for 30000 just so he could be in a. Uh, just so he could be in a. I've yeah. saw, I watched. I watched a, on a Hollywood Reporter on YouTube of him, Leo, and Scorsese, and it's so fucking funny the chemistry all of them have. And like, like, like Scorsese was talking about how he was calling certain directors every now and then for like advice. He was calling certain people for every now and then advice. And Jonah Hill just like silently goes, "You could be honest," like, like. It, like as if like you were asking me for advice and Scorsese was like yeah I was asking Jonah for advice and they were just cracking up I was like you guys have the best chemistry and you could see it in that movie but yeah he took it for $30,000 and what a fucking career move did Leo him. did Leo get his usual 20 probably that's probably. so funny let's see let's see look at the math on that look Leo. at the 20, he, he, 20 normally he get tw he got 20 for the revenant 
I'm pretty sure his normal A-list actors pay is 20 million. It's per around movie, that. Roughly. It depends. It, uh, even Tom Cruise, <clears throat> who's still one of the only movie stars that can sell based on like his name, he's only pulling in I think about 12 to 15 million now. It, there was a bigger market for it back in the day. Arnold Schwarzenegger, speak bringing it back to Arnold, uh, was the Hollywood's highest paid actor and the first ever actor to do thir- get 30 million dollars for a movie. So he was like the one who broke the ceiling, and now it's kind of gone down over RB, the years. Uh, RDJ, he did it. I'm pretty sure he got paid 50 million. For oh no, he got the... paid, but he got paid 50 million on like back end stuff. Oh, okay, like, you mean just for like just yeah? Doing they were the like film. he was like before yeah, I, I say I think Tom was... Cruise makes way more money on the well because he's of a it. producer for it. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. I'm saying like the, the actual like here's your check before you step on on set. Here you go, you know that yeah, type yeah. of thing. But um, A list is normally pay. around 20 million. Yeah, and it's it, but it's definitely gone down. Like it used to be 30, 35, and now it's gone down because movie stars don't quite sell. Leo's the one that really like. If I see a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, I'm like, here we go, let's yes, go. Because well, he's one yes, of the queen. He's one of the few people. He's like he's like Denzel, where he takes Denzel's his time. another one. Denzel's um, another one. I just watched time both to come out with something. Yeah, and I so, just watched both Equalizers. I was like. I was thinking Antoine Fuqua is so lucky, and he's a he's a good director in his own right. He's so lucky he's on such good terms with Denzel because Denzel makes those movies way better than an action movie should be, just because of the depth he brings to it. It's like if you put any other person in that role, it's just like okay, a fun action movie. But when Denzel does it, Antoine Fuqua is so lucky that he's got Denzel as a friend. Oh yeah, and and they, I, I respect the fact like Denzel flat out in an interview was talking about how like he just when when he's not doing a movie, he just coaches his one of his children's football team or something like that and he just does his thing and he waits till someone comes to him and goes someone do this movie and he goes i'll look at the movies if we want to do it and so, that's 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 how he does and so leo was jonah, the same way jonah was paid sixty thousand on the film which is the lowest possible sag after a rate for the his amount of work for the amount of work he did the lowest he could make was sixty thousand. leo did 10 so he got 10 million and and he also but he also produced i guarantee you he had he had deals on the back end for when it makes when it makes money i go Percentage of ticket sales or what have you. I think Lord of the Rings, one of the characters, one of the main actors did that. He was like, I'm going to take, I'm not going to take as big of a budget up front, but I want this back pay. And they were like, yeah, good. Like, I don't think they thought the movie was going to do as much money as it did. And so he ended up making, because so it was one story where he ended up making a shit ton of fucking money because they were like, it's not going to do that much money. We'll probably make our budget back. And then it fucking like blew up. Dude, Lord of the Rings has not been outdated at all. No. Like, I can't wait to people watch aren't going back and rewatching no. The Hobbit. Like no, they are going not. back and rewatching. The Hobbit kind of looks even like aged worse than like Lord of the Rings yeah. does. Like The Hobbit, you're like, eh, some of this doesn't feel like it holds up. Well, because the the, the Lord of the Rings, he he made a point. What? <laughs> he made. Uh, he made a point in Lord of the Rings to make it real. It, you know, as it little was. C- CGI was for the big scenes, but if two characters were on screen together, they weren't CGI unless they needed to be CGI. Right. Um, and because he did that, you can now go back and watch it, and it's the same movie you watched back then. And even the CGI, like Golem, still looks fucking great. Uh, but it was always real actors. And so you have The Hobbit, which got total green screen everywhere. It it just it doesn't hold up. And people go back and they watch Lord of the Rings over and over again. And they watch they'll watch scenes from The Hobbit. It's true. A couple cool scenes. I would love to stay in the Shire 
because you can actually stay there. Yeah, in New Zealand, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I think the waiting list to stay there is like three years. Unless you're Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> sure he couldn't fit in one of those hobbit holes. <laughs> I don't think he's that tall. Shh, don't ruin I my like fantasy. <laughs> you, well, you imagine being like seven foot three. Because <laughs> like, he's got like a lumberjack type, like, like, bo- like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I'm sorry. Do people not know Paul Bunyan here? I'm sorry. That's such no. a new. That's such a New England thing. I'm so sorry. Paul Bunyan was like How a. How dare you? What? No, you're thinking of a. Who was that guy with the hammer on his hand? No, that that's not Paul Bunyan. I know it's not Paul Bunyan. I can't remember his name. So Paul Paul Bunyan. Let me see if I can remember right here. You're talking about the dwarf guy. No, Paul Bunyan was a giant lumberjack. This is from the north, folks. This is from the north. Paul Bunyan was like a giant lumberjack, had a big blue ox. And all this stuff like that, and was. Babe, babe the ox, right? Was it baby ox? I don't, I don't remember. They I taught us that. <laughs> I grew up in Los Angeles, and they taught us that. Let's see. What was this ox's I name? I know nothing about Paul Bunyan. We're going from serial killers to Paul fucking <laughs> Bunyan. What a day. Hey, Paul Bunyan sounds like a serial killer it name. Does. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Bundy and Paul Bunyan. <laughs> We're being honest here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I knew you would want beer. No, who's the guy who died? I can't remember his name, but I know what you're talking about. He died with the because of the machine. He was racing the machine, yeah, and then right. and he and he beat it barely, but he died. I remember I remember thinking as like a story, like I'll just let the machine do the work then if it means my fucking death trying to keep up with him. If we do have an audience, one person is screaming at their like they're 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 like motherfuckers. Like he's a huge fanboy. He's got like a he has like a tattoo of it on his body, and he's like. So I don't know if we talked about it on another podcast, but it is so sad, the story of Ian McClellan. McClellan? What about him? I always say it wrong. McClellan or McClellan? McClellan. McClellan. Ian McClellan, when he cried on set of The Hobbit. What? Why? Apparently, I hope it's true. I, I saw an article. <laughs> some some caterer um, was just like, <clears throat> oh yeah, he was totally crying. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, he was acting and they had him like acting with all this green screen shit. And he just lost it one day and was like, I, I became an actor to act with people. Uh, and I remember hearing this story, but I can't remember if it was. Hold on, well, I'll, I'll double check this. But double check it. I, I hope it's true. because it, it, I've, heur- I've heard the. <laughs> you did it. John Henry. All right. You can go back to bed now, sir, who was listening to this and jumped out. It's John Henry. I left for too long. Yeah, you left. I don't know what you guys are talking. Anyway, about. continue about Mr. Uh, Ian McKellen. While I look this Allegedly, up. he no, I cried he, on I believe he stage. Cried. I'm sure I remember cried. exactly the movie. It was one of the Lord of the Rings. No, it was one of the Hobbits. Yeah, I'll look it up. Just continue. To talk um, about. but he cried because he was like, I became an actor to act with people, and he there was so much green screen that he just hated it. Yeah, he almost quit. He almost quit acting. Yeah. That is sad, actually. Yeah, you think of him because he—he's one of the. I love the great. Yeah, he's one of the greats. He's super. He's just—he's just a good guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine him. Slash, I have seen him on Broadway on a stage with people. Really? Yes. You are so fucking lucky. Uh, in um, shit. I really hope it was Something him and not Patrick Stewart. Um, <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart though. Patrick. You know what? Stewart if there's anyone, so it's it, Patrick I'll Stewart. slap you a little bit if you mix him up. But if there's anyone you're gonna mix him up with. Sir Patrick Stewart's in, a good one to mix up with. Forgado they did Broadway. it both. They both did it. Well, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were doing it. And it's, it's good. <laughs> though, but yeah, but, uh, yeah they, I believe that they both did it. Um, I remember reading the reviews for it, I believe. Um, it was amazing. I love Patrick Stewart is Old Man Bay. I'm like, oh, fucking Patrick. Peace, Stew. What's up, Peace, Stew? He rescues dogs. I thought you said you are about to pee soup. 
Pea soup. What is that? What are those noises? Pea soup. I don't like it. Hayden Christensen. It was the it was uh, the first Hobbit. An unexpected journey. Says uh, says uh, um, uh, isolated and quote pretty miserable during Peter Jackson's grueling New England zoo uh, shoot. Actor thought about quitting acting. Did you also hear that um, uh, another great actor who played the younger version of Ian McKellen um, um, in X Men: Days of Future Past and First Stand? Plays the beast in Split. Is that John Hamm? No. Uh, plays the beast in Split. Well, James McAvoy. Oh, yes. So James. Oh Mac- no, you you said you said Ian McClellan. You meant Patrick Stewart. Sorry, yeah, I did. Um, and and that would not it'd be Michael Fassbender, not John. Yeah, Hamm. yeah, yeah. But um, I definitely mix them up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he almost he just said recently that he almost quit acting, working on it too, because he was so fucking scared of Skarsgård because he has a fear of clowns. Wait, who did? Who did? Who was he? James McAvoy's playing older. Oh, it too. So they're shooting it right now. So yeah, so he's playing the older version, and he almost quit acting because he was so scared of this that he remember being like, he goes, he turns to the cast and goes, guys, this isn't fun anymore. Like I really don't want. Uh, I don't know if I really want to be an actor today. Oh wait, okay, so acting in general or that movie? Like in general, he was thinking about like quitting acting. Like he obviously isn't gonna, but he the thought all really the girls crossed just fell his in love mind. With him. Did what a sweetheart! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's all it takes. So I'm really scared of clowns, and I almost quit acting. Will you I'm come gonna home pick up me? someone at a bar. <laughs> Try that. I'm gonna go there and be like, uh, "I'm scared of clowns." <laughs> so uh, you want to go back with Women me? Women do or? like that vulnerable uh, side, you know. We want to take care. If, of if we were if we were being mugged, I totally would not be able to stand up for honestly, you. Honestly, I that also think work. it's just James McAvoy. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. He's got this like weird energy about him I that's like him. you're drawn to him yeah that'd be some weird kinky sex but i'm down for it you like put on like you'd like put on a clown suit just to see him scared for one second and then you go oh my baby come here it's okay i know i know you guys are still in the vulnerable thing but like james, oh i'm sorry this james side of the McAvoy. table we're about that vulnerability <laughs> all right continue that, that's all i have <laughs> that's all she's got she's like mm, i really don't like, want to entertain this you guys conversation are all about the vulnerable longer. side that's what but like he's been this weird i love his like, eyes limbo weirdness to me what? for a while no way he's, it's like he shouldn't like he's not conventionally attractive There's what about, no, he's, he's not. not he really isn't oh he totally is I, dis- I disagree. I agree with Taylor. He isn't conventionally attractive. Did anyone see his SNL? On stuff? behalf of all straight men, he's very conventionally attractive. <laughs> On behalf of all straight women, he is not. Well, I think we're more important in this oh, regard. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry about I'm sorry if about we, Hayden Christensen. If, your yeah, team. you're gonna say he's attractive, <laughs> but you're not, not gonna say James McAvoy. <laughs> but have you seen Hayden Christensen? Hayden, Hayden, Hayden or Hayden? Hayden. Hayden Christensen. Hayden. Hyman (laughs) just broke. (laughs) That's what happened when he stepped on set. All the ladies' hymens broke. (laughs) I got it from horseback riding. I swear. Hayden Christensen is conventionally attractive. He is. If you look at what is so so, granted, I don't find the pretty boys attractive, but Hayden Christensen is the definition of what Mm -hmm. is attractive. In today's standards, yeah, he is pretty. He's got a strong jaw. He's got a nice body. Mm. He's not bulky. Mm. He's not small. Preach. He's got beautiful eyes. Like, wait, who are we talking about now? <laughs> I'm like really lost at this moment. 
Come on, he is sexy, bro. No, no, I did. How? They just showed a picture of James McAvoy, and I'm sorry, but no. He, he's, he's not. I don't know if it's his acting. I don't know if it's his attitude. He's got this like very like. I'm here. Tyler, he is just as handsome. If as, as, as he, okay, wait, he's the picture you just showed though. All of these pictures, he's just as handsome. I disagree. He's not just as handsome. What the fuck? I can't believe he's you're making. I can't believe you're making me and Freddie have to like <laughs> actually, <laughs> not jokingly, seriously we're defend not, a man's we're attractiveness. Not snubbing him though. James, I love you. James McAvoy is attractive. Yeah, he's just not, not, not Okay, a, one of one of the reason why this is funny to me way. that I brought this up was one of his SNL skits. I still need to see was titled Virgin. Virgin hunk his the snl skit for him is hunk now he's a virgin yeah virgin but it's not because he's not a hunk <laughs> it's not because he's not a hunk i don't i don't i mean I, and obviously we can't change your minds uh but james but can i, I yeah, don't know listening comment comment look i would still know. get with that but yeah but the idea that you would need to be coerced by him i ain't saying i ain't saying she a gold digger no, man <laughs> a personality goes so much further. No, he's not. He's he act- I I'm sorry, it just doesn't do it for me. I I oh. he didn't have the personality that he has, him. he would not be as attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's his personality like? Well it's funny you ask. We we were up talking last night and he just said the funniest things. Well you were like well, you're talking like you know his personality. We know him as an actor. We know the characters he portrays. Okay. What if he's like Ted Bundy? Well, or split. <laughs> or split. What if that's method Maybe acting? That one personality. Right term, but still. No, but you're talking his persona, his energy, for sure. Energy. For sure. Yeah. I get that. Which this is weird because Hayden Christensen doesn't give any energy. Any energy. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't need it. I don't care what you... Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth and get in my backseat. When is you that, say backseat... I was about to say, is that uh, euphemism for... What my do you car. mean by backseat? When you say car, do you... <laughs> I don't mean to be anal about this uh, in- inquiry. Uh, but <laughs> this is a really tight analogy. So no, what? Like, <laughs> uh, uh, we just got dark. Uh, oh, that's a black person uh, joke. Uh, oh no. <laughs> okay, so actually, what I was gonna say, because she was talking about how he like, oh, he's what'd you say? He's vulnerable, or he's it, it, when a man what, shows his vulnerable side. The exact opposite of Hayden Christensen. Yeah, it's, so it's funny to me that I think that I think that a lot of women do find it attractive when. A guy shows that uh, when a guy is like that, a little bit. But it it. But I've seen There's it happen limit. where women like sensitive men. But then when you get in that primitive situation where you realize that a, a sensitive man, and that's not to say all sensitive men can't protect, but there are a mm. lot of men who, if they're on that more sensitive side, if you like them because of that, like they show so much sensitivity. A lot of those men aren't protectors. A lot of those men aren't right. people who are and they, they might want to, but they might not be able to, whatever the reason is. And it's interesting to me to see how like we're in a society right now where that you don't have to protect people often. And therefore, that part of masculinity, that part right. of like what you look right. for in a mate has been completely that's, circumvented. That's how K-pop was formed. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, that's not a need anymore. We were talking the other day about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and safety's at the top. And that is not. One of, I mean, it's still our top need, but a protector is not our top need anymore because now women are empowered. We can protect ourselves. You don't need a man to do that. We want a man to understand us. That is attractive. Uh, oh. To, oh. To We're learning fairly, something though, on this podcast. Don't want sissies. Mm. Oh. I mean, that is true. So if I'm scared of clowns, I'm not a sissy. Well, so that's, that's <laughs> this is why we like James McAvoy. 
that James is vulnerable, but he also has this sense of can at least beast alphaness about him. <laughs> Split definitely. Dude, no, what do, do you think? Do you think any? Do you think any chick is like do one of your twenty three personalities, James? Oh, please. Yes. I don't care it, it which one. Be, it might be. Although, I think, I think that that He's like, maybe I don't got that wanted. stamina. He was amazing and wanted. No, that's how I first noticed him, like a lot of people. And I, I always think of that. I, saw I don't wanted. mean notice him, like, <laughs> I oh, saw wanted, James. and then I saw Penelope, and I was like, oh my God, James McAvoy, hello. Yeah. No, there is a limit <laughs> to the vulnerability, though. Yes, a little bit of sensitivity, but not so much so that we're you cradling you to sleep. So, uh, so uh, but Alison Brie, uh, let's talk about some women on this <laughs> podcast. Could okay. she, could, the question is, could she protect me? <laughs> okay, could, if the need be, can she, she cut could, the though. vulnerable I've shit? I've seen Glow. I've seen Glow. She she's could now, fucking protect me. Captain Marvel now, right? No, that's that's Brie Larson. No. Another one another one of my crushes because she has the best smile in Hollywood. She does. Oh, my God. You remember Trainwreck? Uh, I do. Her laugh in Trainwreck when she's talking about her kid or something is the most gorgeous smile laugh I've ever seen in my life. Well, so she was in the show United States of Terra back on yeah, HBO. Oh, my God. She sat in a cake in one episode, and th- that's how I knew I, I wanted her. That's, that's how Brittany knew. She wants some James Macabre. Because she kind of, <laughs> the way the cake, the way the cake kind of like fell, she kind of looked like Hayden Christensen because it made her eyes like really dark oh, and yeah. steamy, right? She yeah. Did she yell, I hate it. you at any point? She sat in a cake. Oh, just like sat? She didn't come out of one? She just <laughs> sat on And that's what attracted, that vulnerability. Wait, I thought, I totally thought that she came out of the cake. Yeah, no, she sat that. on it. She sat on it. For, inter- for money from the internet. Some guy wanted her to sit on a cake. She sat on the cake. Can I do that for money from the internet? No. We could only hey. hope. I love this company, but fuck Instacart if I can just sit on a cake for some fucking money. Absolutely. Freddie, let's, let's do this. Let's go get some cake. Okay, so so a question to the ladies. What would you rather have? Now, I know we live in a world where you don't need to have ex- such extremes. You do get to find men who can exhibit both traits. But would you rather have someone strong and sturdy, both as a protector emotionally and mentally? I do like someone confident. And that would that would that would that would go under that, or would you rather have someone who understood you, and could in, could could uh, could empathize with you, um, and really feed and nurture that emotional side of you fully, but he also had those same I don't want to say issues but same struggles. Uh, and he did not exhibit such confidence. And did, like, which extreme would you rather have? If I truly had to choose, if you had to choose, you could not say best of both worlds. If you had to choose, where are they going to fail? Are they going to fail at the nurturing of the emotional side, or are they going to fail at the sturdy and sh- strong as? Well? I'm mean, trying to be real PC. Paul here. Bunyan. Yeah, you can't have a relationship. Is this a relationship we're talking about? Yes. But you can't have a relationship with someone if there isn't that emotional support there. And if it's just some confident, strong support. Well, so, they, there is, so it is yeah, there. They're just bad at it. <laughs> oh, it's, well, no, they, they that, try. That's, that's and true. it's endearing because so, so they try instance, a little bit. Me, I, I personally, I, I am not very good at emotional nurturing. I, 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 I'm not 100%. What do you mean by nurturing? Exactly. Are we talking like breastfeeding? <laughs> Actually, that's Taylor, emotional I'm going to have nurturing. you answer this for me because you would know best because you suffer from, from a need of from, emotional uh, nurturing. From my lack of ability to help. Taylor is not my, my girlfriend, but she is 
one of my best friends, and uh, and so oh, he does not suffers. emotionally <laughs> nurture yeah. nearly so enough. I suffer. No, I am a very emotional person, and he asked this question, and I feel like he did it on purpose because he's biased, <laughs> and he knows that I am biased as well. I would prefer the sturdy protector oh. man because because I have had to deal with him. He's not very good. He tries, but he's not very good at emotional nurturing. He's not very good at at not not understanding. That's not the right word, but having patience. No, that's not the right word either because he does. Because that's a big but deal. It's it, 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 emotional nurturing. I feel like means that. You he, listen, Freddy, Freddy's, you understand. Yeah. Well, Freddie's the type of person to analyze. He's not going to get emotional about something, so right. he's going to analyze a scenario and figure out where are the steps to get out of that scenario right. rather than just be a shoulder to cry on right. or someone think, to just hear you out. Right. And Freddie's similar in my and, – and I, I'm similar in that aspect sometimes as well where it's like to me, I, I enjoy talking and I enjoy – but after a, after a while, Freddie has – a lower tolerance than I do on it. For me, I'll like entertain it for a few days, and after a while, I'll be like, all right, we gotta a few fucking do. Days. You know, I'm not saying I'm hanging out no, with him well, all the time. Say, well, and I, I don't think. But I, I'm like, there's always a moment where you're like, all right, now we gotta fucking do something. Yeah, and I don't think even tolerance is the right word. I think, I think, if we had to choose, if we had to choose, right, I would choose a man that is protective, smart, very like. What did What did you say? Protective. Sturdy, strong. Uh, yeah, it's strong. A, it's yeah. about being he's a piece sturdy of wood. and strong. Yeah. <laughs> he's an oak. Someone that when house. when things are getting, ow, <laughs> she mighty mighty, just letting it all hang out. Oh, she opera house. And that lady stacked. That's a fact. Ain't like, holding are you nothing Richard back. Nixon? <laughs> <laughs> that lady stacked. That's a fact. Honestly, Ain't holding nothing. My back. butthole is puckered. <laughs> I am so horribly uncomfortable. <laughs> Never so, before have I regretted not being around black people. Let me <laughs> what are you talking, Freddie? This is you the, know me. This is what? I'm. I'm your go-to black friend when there's no other black friends around. I don't parties. think that's true. <laughs> not anymore. That's true. It was at Chloe's, okay. but not anymore. <laughs> I'd actually like to answer the question. Uh, Wait, there was a question. There was a while ago. <laughs> Um, for this fucking brick house nonsense. <laughs> went over my brick house. Um, okay, so I have had that experience of dating someone who wanted to logically analyze whatever was going on and s present a solution to it. And here's the thing: I did not want a solution. I just wanted to say what I wanted to say and get it over with. Can I clarify something really yes. quickly? I want to. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, yes. but I want to clarify. <laughs> you yes. said, "Would you prefer someone like this, or would you prefer someone who is?" understanding and and this this and this did you mean understanding did you did you mean someone would you prefer strong or understanding uh so so understanding is not the right term because it's very easy to understand what someone's yeah. going through i meant someone who can uh so i can i can sympathize very easily hmm. empathy is much more difficult so when I say understand, I mean more empathize with someone who can sit there and say, that I actually know. Does, that does clarify it. So in that case, I actually would pick the confident 
person because you can't have two people in a hot mess together. Nothing would ever get solved. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying. Because, yeah, when you said, like, understand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're just saying, like, understanding and someone, you know, a shoulder to cry on, like, sometimes you just need that. But. That's what other women are for. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sometimes but your partner's supposed That's to be That's okay for me for to say because I'm a woman, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's what fucking women are for. Did you offend yourself? <laughs> you fucking crying over there. Hey. Call one of your hey, girlfriends. Go back. Okay. Fucking start respecting me more. Yeah, because I'm well respecting my family. Fucking well respecting I don't listen to this family, shit. Right? Okay, over here blabbering, blabbering. Babe. Babe. Okay. Babe. Babe. Where's fucking babe. Christine, huh? Where's babe. Christine? Where's Brittany? I need my, huh? I need Where's my fucking. Where's Stefania? Babe, I need my fucking cigar. I'm having a real fucking shitty day. All right. Do you want to I don't talk need about it? No, no, for I don't talk want to talk about, about okay? your fucking bullshit. Your brother got cancer. I don't give a fucking shit. Okay. I need. Don't look at chemo. He doesn't. His haircut looks fucking, fucking bad anyway. He's okay? fucking balding. Get that shit shaved off. Change my mind. I choose the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> well respected. <laughs> but but okay. So confidence is, I think, the sexiest thing in a guy. But narcissism. Who? 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 Hey, you fucking not respecting me. I swear to fucking I told God. you we were well respected. Our family. My, you come here telling uh, us narcissists and shit. If I was my grandfather, I would slap you. But I'm a gentleman. <laughs> so I'm just going to yell at you and berate you emotionally. You can see Tyler's face right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm doing my best fucking Robert De Niro, okay? <laughs> and let me tell you. You look more like you're having the, pain, the most painful <laughs> shit that you've ever gone through. You ever fucking milked a cat, Greg? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I think it so as as someone who is more on the non-emotional side. By the way, this is why we need to film this podcast just for yeah. that shit. <laughs> right? Uh, as someone who is on the more non-emotional side, it has been an interesting uh, journey for me because I somehow, <sighs> I somehow surround myself mm-hmm. with emotional ass, primarily women. Already. A few men as well. Tell <laughs> <Not> you. <laughs> and I don't get it because I'm I can be somewhat I'm I'm a good guy, okay? But I'm can be somewhat of an you, asshole. You let the fucking accent slip in there and it fucking cracked me up. You go, oh, I'm a I? good guy. Oh, like the I way say? you said guy was you know, I was oh, like, sorry. My, I'm, I'm a, a good guy. I'm a good uh, guy. Guy. <laughs> um but and, and and I don't know. Sometimes I like sit there and there's been people in my life who've like get angry. And they're like, you don't, you stop being you. Just fucking hear me. And I'll be like, well, why do you keep coming to me? Like, because I'm because not you have the- told people you want to be their protector. You want to be there for them. You are a very open book and you are someone. Yeah, protector. Yeah. If someone's attacking you, he'll be there. <laughs> I don't want to protect you against He's your He's not going to protect you against your emotions. Stop being so nice then. I don't know. But that's, <laughs> Be well, a and, dick. And, and this is why I'm like, I feel like he qu- picked this question on purpose. Because emotional people, what I've come to learn being friends with him, being friend or being a significant other who caters to your emotions, who, quote, nurtures your emotions, just makes you a more emotional person. Well, and that's a full-time job. I don't want someone to nurture me. I want someone to make well, me stronger. I think, I, I think that that nurturing especially well i mean okay nurturing the the bad emotions if that makes sense mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i'm not saying there's bad emotions but the there, unhealthy there are unhealthy yes, yeah there are and 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 the people who cater to all emotions all the emotions you're feeling that's not 
it's not good. Well, it's not helping anything. It's, it's not. It's not helping anything. Having someone who is not very emotional. <laughs> I used to say not emotional. <laughs> and he gets so mad at me. But catering, uh, you know, dealing with someone, having a relationship or friendship with somebody who is not emotional, as emotional as you are, very logical, very no-nonsense, like you need to stop, is actually it may not feel good in the moment but it's helpful in the long term yeah I could see that and and it is good to see things from a different perspective that you might not be seeing it but if I I always say this I think there's a middle ground and a gray area to everything and I genuinely think sometimes the best thing for someone going through something is to just shut up and listen to them let them get it out don't say a word sometimes that's all you need well as at so okay so two parts of that my uh my best friend nathan once told me because we were talking about this something had happened with someone i don't remember who it was um and we were we were talking i was frustrated because i was like why like these people are so upset that i am the way that i am but they're the ones who keep coming to me like like i was just like okay i'm gonna be me i am me so if you don't like that then why are you still coming to me um can you hold this for a second and uh (laughs) <laughs> I don't like you. Bye. <laughs> um, Took your advice, <laughs> but but he he put it well. He said, well, "Freddie, people come to you because you're a uh, you're a rock. You are firm. You are sturdy. I think and, he was insulting and, you, and you are you are you are strong. And people also get upset that in certain times they can't move you. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then that that makes perfect sense. That is accurate, actually. Um, yeah. And and as as someone who's trying to learn how to be more well-rounded i'm going through this aspect of like the, the biggest thing that i've learned as a person who is not too emotional is when to understand that just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean it's not valid correct and that was a big thing that i still struggle with right. but i've gotten better with but it's a big thing i had to learn because you look at someone who's acting ridiculous over something seemingly that irrational to you not even seemingly, just is irrational. Okay? It just doesn't make sense. No, no, no. no. He's still wrong. Like, we can break it <laughs> yeah. down logically, and but, it just... But it isn't logical. But that's... So which means it is irrational. Opposite of Spock. The, the, so it, so we don't have to say seemingly irrational. It is irrational. Mm, not to them. But... but ra- okay, rationality and logic is a thing that exists outside of the person's subjective. But feelings are a truth. You are feeling that. You, that okay, is Okay, so for instance, fact. if I said, Brittany, it, it, it feels like... Uh, you are talking more than me. And then we look back at the tape and we looked back at the tape and we just took the actual time talked and you weren't talking more than me. Then I get to say, yes, I feel like you were, but I do not get to say that you were talking more than me. That's correct. So one of those is an objective truth. That is logic. That's rationality. Yeah. So you don't get to say some, if someone is irrational, it doesn't have to be seemingly rational. It just might be irrational. That doesn't change the fact that it can be still valid. How the fuck do you live with this guy, Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's a, that's, a, that's a valid thing to say. It's an important oh, thing making, to learn. Like hey, you don't have to then say, "Well, point. it's logical for them." That's not how that. That's not how logic works. No, it's you get not to say that they are valid in feeling whatever thought process they went through, whether it is logical or not. Right. They are now feeling this thing, and it is more important to not try to justify their lack of logic or make it seem like they have yes. their own logic. It is more important to understand that what they're going through is valid. Or just listen. That's a part of. I think that's a part of the process because some people don't. Well, that's why I'm telling you this, this is a fucking journey. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard because that's been the first step here. Cause before it was like, okay, uh, can you explain it to me? 
Hmm, that makes sense. I don't care. Like that. <laughs> that was that was how it started. You know what though? A lot of I have actually heard this from a lot of guys. You're not the first guy who said this to me. If it doesn't logically make sense to them, they'll try to say, "But, but this and but that," and come back with different points. But, but, and, and this isn't just for women. For men too, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just how they're feeling. And you're right. They just want to be understood. Just, just understand. I'm feeling this thing, and then. I think as soon as the person says, okay, I understand you're feeling that thing, and they someone says, okay, your feelings are valid, then I think people can move past it. See, what's, yeah. in, what's interesting to me is that's never, and, and this is kind of, you're right, a lot of guys, because I'm similar to Freddie type of thing, or the guys that you were talking about, where it's like, well, why don't you just like do this to get out of this situation? Or like logically speaking, these are the next steps you take. Because for me, like just talking without a solution to me feels personally like a waste of time for me. Like when I am confiding in someone, I would like to have that person say, Hey, you know, here's something maybe you didn't see or perspective that you're too close to this, this thing. Here's the outside perspective. And here's the grander scope of things. Cause I'm looking for a solution when I'm confiding in someone, if I'm having Same a here. shitty day Same or here. I'm doing, I rarely talk if I had a shitty day. If I do, I almost don't want anyone to say to, I just, I almost never really talk about it too much. I talk about things where I feel like, Okay, man, I'm in this rut. What do I got to do? Oh, I got to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, go to the gym more, do this. Yeah. Okay, you know, make or, a plan because I'm attack. sure we're similar. If you don't want to do that and you just want someone to get your mind off it, you just say, hey, I'm looking, I'm just, can we just hang out? I just need to get my mind off of things. Yeah, yeah. And then you exactly. say, I just need a time where I don't want to talk about shit. Let's just, you know, but yeah, it's the yeah, same thing. It's yeah, either it's I like, want a solution or I just want to get my mind off I might like drop a line of like if I had like a, like back when I was serving or something, right? Maybe I had like the shake customer because to me, maybe the story's slightly funny. Where it's just like, this was ridiculous. But I'm not like, I don't want someone to look at me and be like, yeah, your feelings are really valid about that <laughs> shitty customer. You know what? You really should have <laughs> felt mad. Like, I, I'm usually looking for like, you know, like, it's more of like a throwaway rather than, I, I, I it, but that's the difference I believe. That's truly, I find a lot of women are the type where it's like, just listen to me. Just let me get my shit out. Let me vent. And then yeah. I don't really, and if you yeah. give advice, you almost piss them off because like, that's not what I fucking want, dude. Like, I just want to get it out and, well, and figure and out my own shit. So I'm going to say one quick thing. I have two things to say. I'm going to take one quick thing and then let Taylor say it. And then I'll say my second thing. But one thing I've learned dealing with uh, some, some girlfriends that I've had dealing with uh, like Taylor and different, different women in my life. Uh, I've learned to just like, I think it's okay to just say, what are you looking for right now? Do you just want me to listen to you? Or are you looking for me to help you out? good. Like, sometimes, for me, because sometimes I feel illiterate when it comes to reading emotions as far as what they want, I'm just like, hey, I hear you saying everything you're saying. I can give you both things. You want me to just listen and just be here for you, or do you want me to give you some solutions? Because I got both ready to go. I dig that. I will say uh, very quickly as well, one thing that I have a problem with that with, I don't know. Recently, I've stopped giving advice as much as I used to. Because I, and I've just now gone to the listening thing, not just because it's what a lot of people, mostly women, but some people just want, but I just really get really, I just find out that nobody, nobody listens to advice because they're in their own ruts. They're in their own things. You can tell someone what you're going to need to do, but they need to figure that shit out on their own and they need to find their own motivation to do these things that you might be saying. And, And people are only coming at things from their own experience. So you can't necessarily handle, give them your experiences that have taught you these lessons because they don't embody that yet. 
And so, like, I've told people about relationship stuff. They still go out and date those people. And then it'll be three years, and then they'll end that relationship and be like, geez, you know, you were so right. And it's not until they go through the trials and tribulations of that relationship where they, where they grow as a person. So I've stopped giving advice because most of the time, nobody listens. If I do, it's just so I can bookmark and be like, I told you so. Like, it's almost like at this point, I'm just going to say it. I'll usually tell someone advice the first time. And if they don't take it, then I'll literally go and I'll be like, you're in the same spot that we talked about before. You know, either get your shit right, fix it, do whatever you need to do. But Well, and I think that, um, you know, and this is something I've, one, recently become to understand and am currently, albeit struggling, to apply is that emotional people also need to give and not just take. You know, logical people give in that you two are talking about how you need to understand that, you know, these feelings are valid and these feelings are this. But as emotional people, we also need to understand that sometimes we need to just come out and say, this is how I'm feeling. I understand it's illogical. I understand that it doesn't make sense. This is how I'm feeling. What emotional people need to do is learn to not project that. And see, that's actually a different type of emotional so I'm a Jewess, and as a Jewess, are you talking like a, uh, honest, someone who is Jewish? Like, like, like a Jewish Lachayim? lady, yes. like Mazel Tov. You're yes. a Jewess. Let's exactly. lift up this chair right now. Is that like you're royalty? A, you're a woman, I or just women wish. Jews are called Jewesses? Exactly. Jewesses. So if I go, you, if I go to Israel, am I going to be slapped in the face? Are you Jewish? If what I go, you, if I go, I'm looking for a Jewess. Will they be like you're kind of racist? What do they call long garments they wear? Because I feel like that sounds. They call like, it a Jew dress. <laughs> but then you could shorten it. You can get rid of the D. No, I regret no, Jews don't no. like the hey, D. All Jews need the D. All Jews need the D. They need, right. but they don't get because. Ignorant white man. Okay. Hey, Jewish people are white. Are we? Two. Says you. <laughs> you go, are we? Like you're included in this non white Jewish like fraternity. I wish. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so here's my point though. Um. Jews, all the Jews I know. I do have a point. We are very upfront with our emotions. I am emotional, but I will tell you what I am feeling when I am feeling it. You know, you see the emotions on my face. It is out there. I don't, I don't know hide if you say it, but you definitely shit. show it on your face. Yes, I do. I am not hiding. Wait, anything. okay. So real quick, when you say Jew, you saying Jew by blood or Jew by uh, blood? Blood, fam. Why'd you say that like you're part of a gang? Yeah. <laughs> the you Jew said gang. that. No, you said that like you're. The Jew gang. You know, you said like you're part of the set of bloods here, but I'm more of a fan if you were part of the chapters in Arizona. <laughs> throwback, throwback, throwback. More Again, something jokes. that no one will you ever gotta, know because gotta, it's in the archives of our five fucking, you podcasts. Gotta, you gotta be a loyal listener. <laughs> okay, so you guys. But there's another type of emotional, and that is the type of person who keeps their emotions inside and 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 will project it or hide it or skirt around it and will maybe try to make the other person guess what those emotions are. And that is something I actually can't understand personally. I think both of those things cause a lot of the same issues because the the issue is uh, not the issue, but the, the, the struggle. Okay. I'm trying to be good tonight. Do you realize the name of this fucking podcast? Yeah, no. And I still have said things that are pretty, Anyway, uh, those are rookie numbers. You got to so pull those numbers. What you're up. describing is how you are, which is not how she is. But both like things bring up the same issues for a person like me. Mm, because if you were to feel something that were just as irrational as she does, 
and you were to just come at me with it, it would be no less confrontational because of who I am and who you are than if she were to stay silent about it. Because the problem with saying silence is that eventually you just come out and just fucking say it. And it is no less thought out. Slam doors. <laughs> well, you, you see, what's so funny is like, because you yeah. you were you experienced you experienced kind of Freddie and I in our I don't know habitat. I guess it's not really natural habitat, but when you, we were coming back from the theater and we had a de- ridiculous debate about Aquaman, <laughs> and me and Freddie are like, we're like, no, no, you don't fucking understand. Stop interrupting me. Stop it. Like, if you made a point, then I stop interrupting you. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Stop. Let me get my to my point. And we're just fucking going at it for literally a debate that means nothing. Literally, Freddie came home and I was like, did you kill him? And, and, and Taylor goes, and Taylor goes, Taylor goes, I can just see her like hiding in the back seat. Like, so oh my God. And then she goes, so we park, you know, because we all drove together, but I was driving them to their cars and Taylor's like the moment I hit the park button and you hear the doors unlock Taylor goes okay goodbye she goes okay goodbye and then like this is like and like me and Freddie continuing the argument for just a little bit longer just getting our notes in I even sat in my car for a little bit because I was like are they gonna stop arguing and after like I don't think I was very long. But here's what happens. Long. Here's what happens. Freddie and I go, you know, we're like, okay, whatever. We're like, we'll just agree to disagree. And then he like opens up the door and I go, so am I going to come to your birthday party on Saturday? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> He's like five o'clock. Exactly. Here's the thing. I like, wish from the bottom of my heart that women could be like that. And some women, same, some women honestly, can, if you same. are close to the woman and you have that understanding, you can, but most women will be like, I can't believe you said that. How could you do that? Like, like Freddie and I were like, <laughs> like Freddie was like, we were like getting intense with it. Yeah. And they're like, okay, like yeah. it's over. Like we're just not like emotional on that level. Yeah. And there are some guys who hold on to that. There are emo- there are emotional so guys. But me and Freddie are just like, okay, whatever. Like that was done. That was fine. I was so surprised when he came home. I was like, did you kill him? Like seriously, <laughs> I was like, did you kill him? I'm really glad I was. <laughs> and he not was like, right. no, we're good. I was like, you're good right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you a woman. Are, you two are fine. A He's woman like, yeah, would stomp fine. in the house saying, "You will what? not believe what Becky just did." I was literally like, "We we were yelling about Aquaman." What do you? <laughs> not even. What do you mean? Not like, even Aquaman. What a fucking character! A like, two yeah, lines. The smallest Aquaman. character in the Aquaman. It wasn't even movie. Aquaman. It like, wasn't even about like a main character. It was, it was the dumbest <laughs> argument ever. And so of course it can't, it can't like. I think the dumbest the arguments friendship. get the most fiery. <laughs> Women are like, we get upset about. Them. I don't know. See, I see. Yeah, I think you guys would look at, and I'm not saying women can't do this because of course I have done that. But objectively, men can do that because they are looking at this argument logically. And I think a woman would get, a woman would get, they would get emotional about it because she's feeling, well, well, you're not listening to me. You're not hearing me. I think that would be. A problem. And, and, and the thing is, like, I was experiencing emotions while we were doing it. Like, I was feeling like hyped up, yeah, and I was feeling I think like we adrenaline. Need to clarify: this but, is this is logical men versus emotional women, not. Uh, men uh, women. But also, like I said, there are emotional men. It's exactly. just me and Freddie are built. You know, logical women. We but. yeah, and there's logical. Uh, look at us okay. being PC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look at us being careful. But it's I not just, men versus women. Usually, though, it's me that's careful. Usually, it's me that's like, no, you know, we're coming back. Like, I'm usually that's what we have. We have two people here now. This where now yeah. you can come over now more to, been, to my no, side. No, no. Yeah, there's a uh, hashtag yeah. too soon. Hashtag no, it's it's me too, not too soon. Ooh, awkward. Uh, there was there was something. So I'm gonna use an example. Can I use an example of one of our situations? 
it's, it's may I have permission it's, to bring up our old fights. Okay. It'll be it'll be okay. I want to pull out like an art. Um, I want I want four Taylor. I want to pull out like a file cabinet. I'm like, okay, here's the case file, yeah, file on this Honestly, argument. I'm, I'm pretty oh, open about my exhibit A. <laughs> it's a fucking thick ass. Like, um, no, this is actually this isn't it, no this isn't anything to do personal. I was having a really bad day, and I don't even remember what it was about. And I'm a firm believer. What I've always been told hey, is that when hey, you go, hey hey hey, your feelings were valid though that day. No, I know. Um, <laughs> when, That's the thing, us guys. We know our feelings are valid. Whenever I go into I roll asterisks. Where'd you Where'd you roll? Where'd you roll to? Fuck, that's a dad joke. I'm, I'm fucking king of them. Freddie knows this. <laughs> she rolled to the logic store. <laughs> they were having a sale. There she was got one. it in bulk. <laughs> the Costco of logic. <laughs> oh, they they couldn't afford that membership. <laughs> you guys don't get paid as much. It's just a fact. Yeah, it's seventy cents on the dollar. Um. So anyway, we only spit truth. Uh, I, I, my uh, auntie had always told me uh, that in your house you can be however, like however you want to be, as long as you're not disrespectful to people who live in the house. Like when you go into your house, if you're having a bad day, you can have a bad day in your house. If you're like you, you, that's your home is where you can just shed all the fake shit. And I was having a bad day, and I came home, and she had a friend over, and uh, and I was very clearly in a bad mood. Now, I did not disrespect the friend. I did not outwardly, like, I didn't attack her. I wasn't rude to her. But I was very clearly in a bad mood, and I wasn't friendly. Um, and I keep to myself, go to the room, but it's very clear that I'm in a bad mood. And the friend gets this idea that I just hate her, that I just don't like the fact that she's there. Mm. Now, Taylor gets defensive over the friend because I walk in, and I, I, I am the way that I am. It makes her friend feel this way. And, and interrupt me if I'm misrepresenting your side of it. But uh, she gets this idea that Freddie just pretty much came home and just, like, made my friend feel bad. That's, that's the narrative from her side. Now, she comes to me the next day or whenever we talked about it, and she comes at me as, you did this. This is what you did wrong. You don't think you did anything wrong? This is what you did. And so when she did that, I was like, tell me what I did wrong. I was like, this is my house. I don't need to be fake for anyone. I was not rude to her. I kept to myself. Was I required to put on a mask? For your friend who's in in, in my our house, uh, but was I required to be fake for her because I was not rude to her? That would be another issue. I was not. I was just in a bad mood and I kept to myself. I went to my room. I walked out here to get something from the kitchen. I went to my room, and she were going back and forth. And in the end, there was sort of a defeat in her because she couldn't tell me what I did wrong. She couldn't tell me like what I should have done. And we had a moment where I think I talked to her the next morning. I think we ended that pretty, like, she was upset. I logic the situation. She was like, and so I thought about it over the night. And the next morning I said, hey, I thought about what happened last night. And I think this is where it went wrong. I think that you came at me saying that I was doing something, that this is what I did wrong. And when you do that, I, I am going to get defensive about that. Because if you say, if you accuse me of something, you need to prove that I've done it. If you cannot prove that I've done it, you cannot accuse me of said thing. The issue was not what, like, the issue was not, convincing me that I did something wrong the issue in the narrative should have been how you acted whether it was wrong or right affected my friend in this way and this is how I feel about it and because I care about Taylor I will then have to consider her side of that and so me looked at that and I saw I told her well have your friend over again I will make it up to her I didn't do something wrong 
but what I did made her feel this way. And that caused Taylor to feel a certain way, which allowed us an opportunity to remedy the situation. And it shouldn't have, it should ne- it should have never been, you did this wrong. It should have been what happened affected me this way. Right. And I think that is where a lot of people get defensive or defense comes from is because someone will come at someone saying you did this wrong and immediately anyone's defenses would go up. So I totally see where you're coming from. Um, I also see where the friend and Taylor would be coming from in that you might feel snubbed or um, you, you I, I, I see where the friend would think that you might hate her. I've been in situations like that. Um, but I also heard this saying that I really love, and it's that you can't actually make someone feel anything. You know, they mis- they interpret a situation as it is and feel something from it. Well, and that's, so I actually, after that situation, a lot later, like recently, I actually had a revelation about that situation. So <clears throat> Freddie is very observant, and he can usually tell what people are feeling, especially emotional people who wear all the shit on their face but he's very observant so he can tell when people are feeling when he can tell what people are feeling when they're feeling it things like that i am not i mean i can be observant but what i am is an empath so like i'm a very empathic person Mm. so like with with freddie i can tell when something is off maybe not necessarily wrong because whenever I ask when something's wrong, a lot of times you'll say nothing. But I can tell when something's off, and I'm usually right about that. When something is off, I can immediately tell. And that's an emotional thing. And about that night, I knew something was off. Therefore, I felt off that he... Because empathic people, yeah. we tend to feel what the others are projecting at us. No, I'm the exact same way. Exactly. What, you're gonna disagree. You don't know I, me. You I don't, don't, know, I don't me. know you. I don't know you, but I know. Am it. I getting the definition of? No, you're level? you're right on that level. But I have a, a couple friends. One of them's my best. One of my best friends, who's a very prides herself on being a very empathic person. Um, and I can honestly say she starts to create a lot of distress in her own head. Because she's overanalyzing. No, and I, I, I there have been with that. so many times. That's, that's what I'm trying to get. Yeah. he's very observant, so he can tell right, right, when right. things are wrong, and most of the time why things are wrong. As an empath, I can just tell something's off, and I'm like, what could it be? Why is he doing this? What is happening? Because I feel the negativity coming at me, and as an emotional person, I then put it out like tenfold. Yeah, I, I just know so many times though where I'll like be sitting in a at a at a at a restaurant, right? And I'll look at a menu and I'll just be reading the menu like, man, that burrito sounds good or that wow, you get two tacos for seven fifty. But I'll be in my own head. And then she'll like look at me because I haven't said anything in like five minutes. She'll be like, You okay? I'm like, oh no, I'm good. She'll be like kind of being a little weird right now like you can tell me and i'm like i was just really thinking about that burrito and how they're putting french fries in that sucker now and then she's like and like it'll then it'll cause more of an argument because i had to be like literally like nothing is wrong i've just been quiet for whatever reason or this or i've been in my own head and it's it's like almost like they create sometimes these these people will create more chaos because they're trying to read too much into but I, I, it can. It I, can. I think that you're talking about something different than what Taylor is talking about. 
So I don't want to say whether your friend is or is not an empath because I don't know her. Um, but what you're talking about sounds like someone who is overanalyzing and is in some way insecure. But, but that, um, that and, does and happen and with empaths, though, actually. It, it do, but I think the process is different. So she's saying that she can feel that something is wrong with me right. and she's right about it. You're talking about someone who is thinking something's wrong and they're wrong about it. Which, which can happen. It can happen. But she's not talking about that. She's talking about moments where she can see that I am actually off in some way. Something is not right with me. Be it I'm angry, sad, like frustrated. There's something off. Now, with a person like me, I can look at her and often I can know what is wrong. Based on the things I know and understand and the circumstances, I can say she's upset about this. And most of the time, I can be like, hey, you want to talk about it? I know what I know what you're upset about. Oh, exactly that's why it happened. It's that's kind of terrible. But so she's saying that as an empath, she'll just know it's a, it's a something. Of his. Something is wrong, and so when I know something's wrong and I know why it is, I don't give her the same thing she's putting off. She can be storming around the house. I won't <laughs> reciprocate that because I know what's already wrong. She will know something's wrong as an empath, but she'll start making up reasons as to what could be wrong. Right. One, I, I see the thing is like I wouldn't be able to necessarily uh, live with you, Taylor, because <laughs> um, one of one of the things that I do, and it's one of my worst faults, um, and I feel so bad for for Katie to have to put up with this, is if I get a sense of what someone wants, I'll usually deny them Ooh. that. I'll just take this because I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, you really oh, want me to just I like, you really want know. me to just like I'm all the these exact things. And I was like, you know what? Way. Like it, just for whatever reason, it feels cheap to just give it because someone's begging so much for it. Through I will literally be like, I've had people where Taylor wants something simple. Like she wants an invite out or she wants this, yeah, but she won't she ask for that. it. And I'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, I know she wants that, but she didn't ask. So yeah, guess what? So I'm not asking. And I'll and like, if it gets brought up, I'll just be like, why didn't you just fucking ask me in the first place? Exactly. Or they'll be like, where do you want to eat? And then, you know, they want to eat at a certain spot, but they won't say. And then you're just like, okay, how about we, like, I'll do actually go to the office. Like, we're just not going to go out tonight. I've literally like, had <laughs> the thought, I've had the, I've had the thought process of like, like, hey, we'll have a conversation because me and Taylor flat out. I sat her down because right. there was one time where she was upset and I knew that she was upset, but she all sorts of things. Uh, and and she was like, I just wanted just to, like I just wanted to hang out. A guys, night, just kind of right, just, right, right, right. just chill out and just forget about things. And I was like, you know what me and Nathan do when we want a guy's night? We look at each other and say, hey, I want a guy's I night. want a guy's <laughs> night. Can we can we just chill tonight? I want to get my mind yeah. off of some things. And so I told her, hey. Next time you need that, just say it. Here, here's where, here's what I think, and I'll let, I'll let Brittany get her point real quick before I say no. Okay, uh, very quickly, like where I come from in that aspect is I look at it as a growing opportunity for the opposite person. I view the lack of being able to say what you oh, want. Man. Hold on, hold on. I view the lack of being able to say what you want as a lack of confidence in your own decision making skills. Now. I will say women have to deal with an entirely different set of bullshit because when a woman is generally a leader or tough, she especially in the workplace, she can be viewed as bitchy. She can be viewed as demanding. She can be viewed in a very negative. Whereas a man who is a leader and tough, look at Elon Musk, look at all these guys who are typically assholes, are then viewed as like innovators the and bosses, all these things yeah. and bosses. And wow, what a what an alpha male. Whereas a woman, it's like, wow, she's kind of a bitch. 
So I will say that there are definitely societal perceptions as to why this is instilled in women. But I'm like, dude, have confidence. You want fucking pizza? Do you want to go out? Just tell me you want to go out. Like you. Want- I don't think it's about confidence, actually. Uh, I, I, well, okay. In my, in my perspective, I don't think it's about confidence. Sure. Because I know women have been taught to, um, not make decisions. I know you're gonna jump in. I know women have been taught <laughs> to not make decisions or to be coy or you know let the man do this, let the man do that. I mean, that has not been my experience. If I want to go to Cheesecake Factory, we're going to Cheesecake yeah, Factory. Yeah, Brittany, I know you enough to know that's true. <laughs> but um, I actually am I am interested in what your take on this is. Well, so, Brittany, it, it's very clear that you and I are very different on but I love you. how we deal with our emotions. No, I love you, too. <laughs> like, I think you're Paul, great. Paul Dix can learn something from you, too. <laughs> but, but the boys make a very good point. And I think while it is infuriating... Sorry. The men make yeah. a very good point. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's a pretty childish thing to not take okay. someone out just, no, just to prove I a point. No, I actually agree with I actually agree with him. I don't think that teaches her anything. Tell it her does, that. though. You're let saying, me tell you a situation. Tell her. No, me, I, I, no tell, tell I tell her, you know why we didn't go out? Because you couldn't make a decision. Let me when tell I you, narrowed it down. Let me tell you a situation as as that happened. Her. So, so we had this argument where he was like, if you need a distraction, if you need to just hang out, just tell me. Right. And there was a situation where I was not used to it, so I did ask in a very <laughs> awkward way. <laughs> but I had a fucking shitty day one day. I had a shitty fucking day. I was not feeling well, and it was one of those situations where I would act out emotionally. Not because he did something wrong, not because nobody, like, nobody did anything wrong. I was just feeling emotional, and I just... <clears throat> and instead of doing that, I was in one of my more logical episodes but instead of doing that because i remember what he said so we were in here i was sitting there and i thought she's pointing to a chair I, i'm pointing to a chair <laughs> i was in my to the chair. ceiling and i'm still wondering how the <laughs> hell she's sitting up there <laughs> i'm sitting in my chair and i think something's wrong between us but logically i know that's not true so in my small little voice i was like i just want to hang out I didn't have a good day. And oh no, what I asked was, are you going to bed right now? He's like, Yeah, I am. Aww. I was like, 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 like right now, right now? Or are you gonna go into your room? <laughs> I, can I was like, see this or, or are out. you gonna go in your room and watch TV and not go to bed for a couple hours? And he was like, What a weird way yeah. to ask that question. Well, okay. So I'm gonna let you finish that. But All right, from, Kanye. at the point that that happens <laughs> no, in know. in my head. She goes, are you going to go to sleep right now? And then she's like, are you going to go like right now? Or are you going to go and want to watch TV? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I hadn't uh, quite planned it to the minute. I was going to get um, in the sheets. And I, was thinking, I, I think I was going to turn the t- TV on a little bit. I don't know when I'll fall asleep exactly. <laughs> Might be, you know, so like it was like When I'm weird dozing off, I'll let you know. Because I didn't have that planned. But so I get where she's coming from. Yes. Though. Like, are you going to sleep? Or are you going to sleep? Or are you well, like going because to I have sleep. this very, I have this very real problem that I don't want to burden people. So the reason why that's I a big, that's it, a big one. That's a big no, one. That is a common issue with women. Yeah. 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 And I, I so the reason why I asked it that way because I was like, if he's actually gonna go to bed right now, I don't want to be like, can you stay up? But him yeah. being who he is he was like why did you ask that that or, way that was whereas stupid. like whereas like if freddie whereas like if freddie was going to bed and i was sitting on it and i was like 
I bet Frey sit your ass down, watch some of this shit with me. Like I don't care about my burden. I'm like then he'll tell me if he really doesn't want to do it, he'll let me know, and I'll be like, cool. You know what I mean? But it's like if I'm gonna be like, people tend to not do things. At least the people right. I hang out with that they really don't want to do. Yeah. So so what happened was is I he was like, why did you ask that question? That's stupid. He didn't say that. Was stupid. He was like, <laughs> he why did you ask that did. question like that? He probably did. And I was like. And I was like, in my small ass voice, I was like, I had a shitty day. I just wanted to hang out and maybe watch some some videos. And he was like, I can stay out for a minute. And in my head, I was like, and you said it. I know you don't like it when I use the word tone. But the tone he used was like, I want to go to bed. So I was like, you yeah, know what? Yeah, plus a minute. I'm like, what, one minute? No, she knows what a minute Yeah, yeah. But, that means a minute and 39 seconds. But in in my head, he said it that way and I was like you know what it's okay just forget about it and he he was like okay and I knew that you were you were doing the thing because I was like I was like just forget about it and he was like okay fine I will (laughs) but like same thing same with same thing with Freddie though like I would be annoyed if you said if you asked me to hang out and I said and I agreed to and I was even if I was like you know I got a little bit of time and you go you know I'll just go to bed I would have been like but what then, do you want? But then here's where the compromise happens between us. Because I this. stayed out here and I started fucking cleaning because when I'm upset, I clean. But now when I'm not upset, I don't clean, <laughs> which is a bad situation. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So now I, I'm just going to look around and be like, yeah. okay, what mood's Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, he, he cleans more than I do. See, so this, so the, this is cleaning. where the logical people analyze. <laughs> She's cleaning. Yeah. She's in a bad but, mood. But but this is where the compromise happens because a few minutes later, I'm cleaning the kitchen. He was like, I will sit out here and I will watch some stuff. And we ended up Aww. being out here for like an hour and a that's half. That's why they're friends. Maybe. So like, that's Aww. where the compromise happens. Let's talk about how annoying this was. Um, <laughs> uh, now we're getting Freddie sick. Because she it. skipped the part where <laughs> I came out like twice and was like, oh. are, you sh- are you sure? But she didn't want to burn And then you. she kept sewing. No, it's fine. And I go in my room and I'd be like, oh, fuck, I, do you want to do this right now? You could just close the fucking door. Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. And I'd go back out there again. You sure? No, no, I'm fine. Oh, fuck, I really just want to just go to sleep. And then I come in there and, and that's when I was just like, I, I, I finally gave into the thing I do not give into very often. I was like, I know what she actually wants. I'm not going right. to make her say it. I'll just fuck it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, I'll just, I'll just do it. But that's a situation where it's like, right. if you, if you want it, like yeah. the thing is, and, and, and that was a situation where I did ask for it. And then when I wasn't immediately met with, Oh, she did the thing that I wanted her to do. Yes. I was like, Nope. Right. I'm not, I'm not asking for it anymore. In, in, in relationships, in any facet, if it's friendships, if it's actual romantic relationships, if it's if it's your parents, if it's anything, if you get close to people, sacrifice is a huge part of the process. And so I might have wanted to go to sleep. I might have been exhausted. And when you built. A, so there's this thing called the emotional bank. Have You guys heard of that phrasing? It's saying that you have yeah. to put into people more than you withdraw, um, because huh. if you withdraw okay. and again act? and again and again, <laughs> good God, if you withdraw again and again and again, you end up with a negative account. Right. And so when you have put in with someone and that's how most 
friendship should be if you put in, put in, put in, put in, and you go through two weeks of just, I need to withdraw, I need to withdraw. It's okay. You've got something in there. You've got something to take out. You've got a savings up. And so it's okay to ask someone to sacrifice. It's okay to withdraw. And so if she's having a rough day and I'm sleepy as fuck, it's okay to say, hey, can we spend some time together? And I'll go, you know what? 30 minutes to help you out is going to be worth it because what is a 30 minutes going to give me? Right. Sacrifice is a key component. But what is also a key component is being willing to understand that two people are at a point where they're willing to sacrifice. Because I was willing to sacrifice. Whether I wanted to or not, I was willing to. And she wasn't willing to let me sacrifice. Well, I don't know about that. Well, she wasn't willing to tell me that. Like, she wasn't willing. She like, was, yeah, so she she didn't want to burden you. And and sometimes, by the way, it is kind of hard to be upfront if you feel any kind of hesitation from the other person. Because I've been in that situation. I'll feel a hesitation and I'll go, oh, forget it. Forget and that it. makes well, sense. Yeah, that's the point he's trying to make. I wasn't willing to let him sacrifice. I was like, oh, right. no, he wasn't immediately compliant. Therefore, I don't want him to sacrifice, so I'm going to backpedal, backpedal. Yeah. And so when yeah. I'm sitting there saying, hey, I hear you backpedaling and I'm saying I'm willing to do this. Yeah. So are you sure? Because I'm willing to do it. She needs to be like, yeah, you're yeah. thank you for being there for me. I'm thank you. Yeah. Because that's yeah. how it works in a healthy relationship or a healthy friendship. You have to be willing to sacrifice on both right. ends. Give and as care. long as you've put in more than you've taken out, like you, you shouldn't have to worry about the account going negative. You know? Yeah. I, I enjoy the bank analogy. I'll say like from my relationship uh, where my growth has kind of come in. So I've, I, you know, for basically since the beginning, I've tried to do that, like building the confidence in the other person of like, make this decision, do this. And then like the past couple of years, I've just been like narrowing it down to two to three things and saying, pick one of these three options. Instead of just saying like, here's a blanket statement, pick one. Right. I'll be like, all right. Yeah. Chinese food, pizza or barbecue. Right. And then she'll pick one and I'll be like, cool. And then now recently, you know, I've been really proud of her because like there have been a couple of times where she's just been like, this is what I'm feeling. And I'll literally go into my head and go, I don't want that. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, I'll think to myself like, oh, no, she said what she wanted. This is a big moment. Man up. Don't say anything. Like, cool. We're having that. And I'll have to like literally stop myself because if Harvey wants to be like. I don't want that. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, yeah, no. This is a big moment. Don't don't make her second guess herself now. <laughs> because because uh, you, be, because our pos- our position, and I say as logical men, not as just men, uh, we most of the time come out on top of altercations. So if someone is being emotional, they're in a vulnerable state. And when I am not being emotional, I am not in a vulnerable state, which means that if we're in a fight where I'm being logical and you are being emotional, you're the one who's going to lose because. I don't love the comparison to winning or losing. I mean, a specific altercation. I mean, you will leave not satisfied. No, no, no. No, not that's why you're talking about my bedroom okay, life. So if we don't, you if, will leave. If we not satisfied. If we don't use the term, <laughs> but winning, I'll win. <laughs> if we don't use the term winning or losing, what I mean is that, uh, with going back to the example I used with Taylor, she came out there wanting to get something out of that circumstance, and I defended my position using logic, and she could not meet that, and therefore she got nothing that she went in there wanting to get. I would say maybe in the short term. I don't know about the long term. If someone could logically win an argument against an emotional person, 
but those emotions might stay in that emotional person and they might fester and they might grow in the long term that might come now, I want, now I want to see a, I want to see a movie talking about like this logical person who loses everything in his life because like he won all the arguments but he lost all of his people because emotionally he wasn't there now I, I don't think that changes anything because you have to think at the end of the day what is it the emotional person is trying to achieve right so if you want to achieve an understanding I want them to hear me I don't want that same thing to be repeated if you do leave that situation with the same exact emotions and it starts to fester and it starts to boil over when you come back the second time and you're even twice as much as you were the first you aren't going to accomplish the thing you initially wanted especially with a logical person so it, it doesn't come back to bite anyone other than the fact that it's going to just push us further and further. That's what I mean. I don't think it's going to go well that's for not anyone. That's not winning. That, no, I, no, when, no, I say, when I say that situation where you don't get what you want, I don't yeah. mean like, oh, I got them. Now they're, they're, now they're in a bad situation. I mean that you went in there wanting something you didn't get what you want. And I would hope yeah. that even as an emotional person that you're not going in there saying, I want to make their life worse. No, never. So never. it means Wait, that if you well, come, if you never. come back uh, like unkempt <laughs> Wait, and you come what? back just like, now I'm full blown dragon mode, no, that's not no, going to hurt the logical either. person. That's just going to make you both I mean, further. Right, right. But it's not going to be pleasurable for the logical person. But that's not what I'm discussing. I'm just saying you wanted something out of it, and you don't get it. The goal is to not make the logical person <laughs> uncomfortable, though. Most of us will just leave. Most of us will just say, well, I don't like what you're doing. I think I'll be gone now. <laughs> Maybe as a friend. The infuriating thing about logical people is that they will just leave. <laughs> I, I, that hasn't been my experience, but okay. With, with logical people, though? Yeah. I do like to what? I do like to pride myself and I might be full of shit. I like to say that I am extremely emotional but also can see logic as well and I might be full of shit. I don't know. Well, and I'd also like to We're point a third out third party analysis yeah. of this. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd also like to point out um a, a kind of a subtle difference. So, people don't like to use this terminology, but I don't mind it for various reasons. But there's also a difference between dominant people and submissive people. Oh, yeah. And I don't say that to use derogatory terms. No, it's I am not a derogatory. submissive person. Fuck yeah, I am too, girl. And <laughs> Fuck yeah, me too, girl. <laughs> Are you, though? Girl, it's not derogatory. No, I know. But I'm just saying you don't seem like the most people, submissive. Why are you sweating now? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, God. Oh, God. But, like, it, even, you know, whether, I see what you're saying, whether relationships or friendships or whatever, yeah. dominant people tend to fit better with submissive people because as submissive people, we tend to agree more. We tend to be more pliant. There are some things where we are not, but and, and, and outside people can look at that and be like, that person is overpowering that person and i say this because i saw your face earlier and maybe you are maybe you are a submissive person i don't see that she said about something you. about wearing her emotions on her face I, guess this is proof. I don't see that about you but like you know we definitely like i'm the submissive person he's the dominant person and when you were talking about you seem very alpha male when it comes to your relationship with Katie and and I think that's something else that we need to differentiate is that no, submissive right. people it looks like we're being just fucking truck rolled over it, it does yeah but but we're not like a lot of times when we agree when the dominance win an argument mm. it's because we just are like you're yeah. right I will, I will I will say I you know Katie and I have never that I can think of in our four years have ever had a fight 
And it's because she will never let it get to that point. She is a, she's a, she's a, she's a quote unquote submissive person, but she's just very much, she's, she's just like, she never sees the point in, in, in fighting. It's the fact that when, she wants to please you. She wants, she wants your approval. She wants to, and, and that's not a bad this, thing. This is one of the things I do appreciate the most about Katie is, is she's, she's a very emotional person. Absolutely. But she's, she's logical in the sense of like, well, fighting's not going to get us anywhere. So she'll just leave the argument wherever it is she'll either just be like you know because i'll want to debate i'll want to debate i want to get into it i want to be like all right well let's fucking do Uh, this shit you know and then she'll be like well you're way too intense into this and then she'll be like it's not worth it so either she will give in or she'll just walk away but she's it's not worth it to her and so we've never had a fight that i can think of mostly because she doesn't let it get to there like the aquaman fight (laughs) <laughs> that we had she would have just been like like two minutes and be like whatever yeah like, you're right okay cool whatever like, yeah, yeah okay I, and, or I, she'll just change the subject yeah. <laughs> but me and freddie will have a 15 minute car ride i'm like no this guy's <laughs> destined for bigger things well i think i think one one thing that i want to clarify before moving on to a second point is uh is i want to clarify that i don't want this to be like a political right the left kind of situation emotional people can exhibit logic and logical people can exhibit right, emotion. Right, right. i think this is more of a situation is that when you're kind of caught off guard and where things are elevated uh which one do you more right. stem yeah, closer yes. to right. where, where do you um, go to yeah and yeah, so when someone is getting emotionally uh unraveled or they're just yeah. in a state where they can't really like it's a it's a high elevated emotional state uh, how do you react? Do you react with logic or do you react with just going with the emotional flow? Right. Um, I actually want to say that what Katie does when she walks away from the potential argument, that is like very healthy. First of all, kudos on finding that in someone because that's amazing. But secondly, I actually kind of think that's a more dominant trait because they are choosing to say, no, this is not going to happen. We can continue this conversation maybe when you've calmed down. Probably not. Later. Well, so yeah, you know, it, I, it, I definitely it, feel on some level that's, that's the case. But what are you gonna say, Freddie? Because well, you're gonna clarify it in a good way. So it's funny you say that because I think that that is a dominant thing that you just said. But when submissives do that, and we're just gonna use that term. If anyone's offended, understand. Well, weaker it's human really, beings. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't want to say it out loud, but now that yeah, you've right. said it, the strong um, and the weak. The weeks. I think yeah, can we the, call the them weeks. Yeah. Um, the sub weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so it depends so on missed. the it depends on the chapter you belong to. Brittany said, uh, "I'll let you repeat it before I say what I'm going to oh, say." Oh, I just said that I think what what Katie does when she walks away from an argument is actually pretty dominant because she's saying no. This is not going to happen. Um, goodbye. We can talk when you're calmer. Goodbye. Maybe. I mean, she goes into another room. She just goes, she goes goodbye, and like leaves, and I don't see her for weeks, and yeah. I get worried. No, kidding. But, but, she, but she says, you know, like, this isn't going to happen. And I think, actually, a lesser strong person would give in to that fight and that argument. Um, I think that's an incredible thing she does. It's, I think it is a very dominant thing to say, no, I'm not going to do this, and walk away. I don't know that I fully agree that it's a dominant trait. I think what you described as a dominant, dominant trait, but I think there's a difference between what Katie might do. Obviously, I haven't seen it because I've seen uh, Taylor do a lot of the same things where it's more just like this fight isn't worth it. This fight isn't worth how heated he is. The this emotional. fight isn't worth. It's not a shutdown. 
It's not a no, shutdown. No, no, no. But what you described is a shutdown. Not a shutdown. No, it is because I've done almost the ex- almost to the exact wording. But it doesn't that mean you won't Taylor. come back to it. It just means you need to take a minute to calm down. No, there's there's definitely a difference. So there's the, there's what you're talking about where they they are. And, they, and just for cl- clarification, we never get back to it. <laughs> That's kind of remarkable, actually. That we're, remarkable. we're both like, well, like, because I don't want to bring it. I don't know. It's like, okay, that was five minutes ago. It doesn't even matter to me anymore. It's like, okay, I'm on to the next thing, you know. Which it, and, and Tom and, Brady and, is the greatest of all time. That we do <laughs> that we do not disagree on. <laughs> and then, I mean, and I totally could have been like mistaken. It just the way you talked about it. Yeah, like ahead, it. yeah. But it it has happened like that. So what you're saying is is you shut down the conversation because you realize you're not going to get anywhere. You just mm-hmm. walk away and and that is a dominant thing to do. And that's what he does. When I do that, it's not me shutting down the conversation. It's not me walking away from the conversation because I would never do that. It's when I shut down the conversation, it's me it's me realizing that the the argument is not worth it, and it's me going, you know what, you're right, and we'll just leave it at that. And it's 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 a it it's like an underlying agreement. Like I might not fully agree mm-hmm. with what's been said, but I recognize that it's just not worth me getting into an argument about. So I'm like, you know what, you're right. We'll just leave it at that because I don't. I think like because that's the thing is like sometimes we get these ideas of like dom like dominant and submissive strong weak we were joking about it but I do think that in some people's Which the heads two are not and they're not and that's the thing and I think the people get that mixed up and they think people that, do get it mixed up and I don't think that either way is necessarily wrong the the idea of wanting to to debate something to the point that a conclusion is reached or the fact that the debate's not worth even discussing so i'm just going to shut this down the one's dominant one's definitely submissive but they're both necessarily they're both probably the right way to get it either way the thing's going to end people can move on there is actually a greek god and i'm, I'm a big fan of like of, of greek gods honestly she was the 13th and she left when Dionysus, it's been a long time since I studied my Greek gods. What the thirteen? There was like there was thirteen main Greek gods that would hang around a table, right? Huh. And the when one was was elevated from human being to godhood, he took over that spot, and she was known as the goddess of the hearth. And so she was making sure the home was taken care of. So if you were a, a mother in the Greek sexist. gods. If you were a mother in the gods and you were taking care of your family, you might pray to this god for your family's health, your family's things. And she actually stepped down from like this council, let's call it, so that this other god could join it so there wouldn't be this, this, this debate. In some terms, that would be a very submissive thing that she did, but it was to keep the peace of all of the council. So it's not, it's not necessarily a, uh, that's one of the strongest things probably someone could have done. Because you know history of Greek gods, you know they love to fucking fight and start wars and do all sorts of shit. And she stopped that from just saying it's not worth this argument. I'll just step down. Which is what so, and I think that's kind of what Taylor was saying. So when I look, it's it gets kind of confusing. So you said that what Katie does is a dominant thing. I disagree. I think it could be viewed as that. Yes. I think it's more I, dominant when she takes her strap on and fucks me with it. But you know. Ooh. I, I mean, um, <laughs> if you like to be pegged, more power to you. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, 
when you say America. when you say that it's it's a dominant trait, I disagree. Um, I think it's still a submissive thing, but then I also agree that it's one of the strongest things you can do, because when I do it to Taylor as a dominant person, we actually literally had a conversation where she was like, "It's probably one of the most times that she was yelling at me," and I flat out said. I think something to the extent of this conversation is longer fruitful. We will not continue it. I'll talk to you tomorrow when you were less this way. Um, <laughs> well worded. I don't remember. I don't. I'm, I'm not saying that was the exact wording, but that was pretty much she was what it was. Transforming into it was, a monster, as and we she speak. was pissed. She was literally like, like slamming on my door. Like she was pissed, and I literally opened it. And I was like, there, I will not have this conversation. We will have it when you, you've calmed down. And that w- was a dominant. That was shutting her down. That was that was saying I we like I'm not moving. This is done. Not me, which I think Katie Moore does, which I think is an even stronger thing. Right. is a thing of keeping the peace. I think the two are very different. They are different. That you're right. They are different. And I don't know necessarily that they can actually be classified as dominant or submissive. I think they're just different ways of showing strength. I think one is dominant and one is strength. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so what I'm saying is, mine's is an mine's is an act of my dominant personality. Yeah, I, I think I think what okay? it is, and, is well, well mine's what? an act of my dominant personality. I think Katie's or the the goddess is an act of strength. I I can be a strong person, but I don't think my act is one of strength. I think it's one of dominance. Right. And I think Katie's is one of strength. The strength to say I'm going to keep the peace. This isn't worth it. That is strong. And, I, and think, I just don't think it's dominant. I think it's strong. And I think I think that's kind of the key words there. Because when you think of the word dominance, to dominate, right? That's very much full control. Um, and being able to, when an argument's getting really heated, like, like, and then having that control to just fucking end it. Like, no, no, we're done. That's dominant. That's a different type of ending it than what like Katie or what we were just talking about, where it is a matter to keep the peace. It, 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 and that's where I think it is, is. Is That's why it is a dominant thing I the way Freddie does it. I just want to point out that I do do that sometimes. Eh, do do. <laughs> you know what's funny is, uh, so I, I was told a lot. This, this has happened to me way too many times than I care to fucking talk about, but I'm going to talk about it. Um, so obviously you don't care about that much. When I, as a person who I love to debate, I love to debate. It's it's great. I love it. I, I'm an arguer for sure. Uh, Tyler knows. Um, and and what'll happen is I'll hear emotional people tell me that like like this. It'll be like like this doesn't. I don't want to debate it that much. Like I don't I don't want to go that way. Oh, uh, will you push it? No, no, no. Well, well, I, so I have. That's that's my normal go to. Like Taylor says yes. My thing is always look to Taylor <laughs> is when I've listened to people and I've listened to their critique and they're still dumb. No, 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 no. That's oh, when I've listened to them. And then I, we start to have a debate and I go, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's just move on. They get pissed at me because, ha- because and then they think that they beat me. No, no. They I- go, well, now that you don't have an argument, you don't want to debate it. I have been told that so many times where I will flat out be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's just let it go. And they'll go, so now that you don't have an argument, you don't want to debate, you, you can't just admit you lose. And I'll go, that's not the situation. Please don't make me argue it this. Does sound, I understand exactly where you're coming from. It, I understand how it would sound like that to someone, though. So they're saying their points, and you're about to say a point, and then you say, you know what? I'm good. It does sound like you're admitting defeat in a way. 
and and I I get that maybe you truly just don't want to debate and you're like forget it but to that person I completely understand how they're like not, he has a point it, it's not maybe definitely it's funny to me it's funny to me because as I'm playing this in my head and just thinking of like the debates Freddie and I have had and if he goes you know what it doesn't matter let's just move on or whatever in my head my first reaction is yeah you're right let's move on and I don't know if it's because we're very similar but like to me that would work on me that would work on me if well, someone said And the hardest me. part about it is that I'm not doing it like, out okay, of my done. own. I'm doing it out of, like, my part of my growth process is listening to the fucking countless and emotional I'm, people I've somehow gotten around me. And they tell me they don't want me debating as hard as I do. So when we get into a heated debate and I finally am the one who says, you know what? I don't even, I don't say that I'm right. I don't say that they're, 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 they're right. I don't say, I literally just say, you know what? It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And they will get mad because then they'll say, this is the one time you're wrong and you're not admitting it. And so many times, this happened, with my ex has happened a lot because she would say that and I would go, that's not the situation. Yeah. And she would go, no, no, if you've got a point, then you should say it. And, and then I'd made. end up in a situation where I'd finally, I'd, I'd logic that shit and I'd get her to a point to where then at the end of that, she feels defeated. She flat out feels stupid. And I'm like this, no, her, her words, her words, not mine. Like she'll, she'll, she'll force me to finally like, but you don't have to, you can just say, listen, this has nothing to do with right or wrong. I just flat out just don't even want to debate right now. That doesn't work. I'm telling you that I've literally tried to be it like flat out. Yeah. Cause they're, t- I, they're I too say, emotionally involved. I will into, say with my words, this debate does not matter. I do have points and I don't think it matters at all. But, and at some point, but here's the thing, here's the thing though. At some point, you're just going to keep making the same points over and over both of you. Cause you run out of them and then you have to repeat the same things. And so at that point, that's usually where that should work. And it won't because you're right. Usually the, the, if a person's an emotional person, they're so emotionally invested in this thing. That well, and keep that's, it going. that's kind of the issue. So, so me and his ex had, have very similar emotional tendencies and the problem with that is, is when we get emotional, we are logical people when we're not emotional. When we get emotional, it's like some f- like film right. comes over our entire brain. And it's like we cannot remember the things that we're trying to argue against. We can't think past what we're feeling at that moment. And that's, that is the issue. That is the core issue is that... We want, we want these things that he does. We want these things that, that, that dominant alpha men tend to do. We want them to not do that. When they stop doing that, we're like, oh, we won. Like, <laughs> but, it, and, and that's a problem. That's a problem because we have this, this, this haze that goes literally over our entire brains. And I can recognize that. And it's, I can also recognize it's not a good thing. See, this is, this is why you would make a horrible serial killer, okay? <laughs> Ted Bundy was logical. There was zero emotion there. He had no emotion, and that's why he made a great serial that's killer. That's usually what a sociopath does. Well, Logic. The, the, the biggest thing about it is is that as, as a logical man, as a dominant man, I am trying to grow and understand, and I'm trying – to, to become a better person. And a part of that process is going, where are my weaknesses? Listen to the people who you trust and you care about, hear what they have to say. And I think it's fair to say that I've, I've done a good job of hearing what people say. And even if I fail in the moment, I always have some sort of reflection about it. And I try to my, the best of my abilities. And sometimes I fail. Uh, 
more often than I want to say. But I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to hear what people have to say. And so when I hear that people want me to not be so serious about debates that don't matter, well, then I go, okay, oh, oh, I'm in a debate. I've got all these points. I think they're wrong. I know they're wrong. I can prove it. But you know what? Well, that's that's my thought process. This is in my head. This is in my hey, head. Hey, hey, okay? hey, hey, Brittany. This, is, this, this fucking feelings are valid. Yeah, this this is this is in my. <laughs> a lot of times, the other person is wrong. This is it. This is in my head. Maybe he just makes you think you're wrong no, because Brittany, he's going Brittany, that, Brittany. That's tend to be how debates work. One Brittany, person does make in, the other person let, think they're wrong. Uh, we don't even need to talk about whether Touché. I'm right or Touché. wrong. This is just in my head. I have the I have the confidence that I'm right. And I already know exactly the debate that I would use to get me to the point where I can prove them wrong. And I go, wait, I listen to what people are saying. This whole thing does not matter. This is not what people like you. This is what people like. No, me. I know. But what's, what's, um, but I just got a funny emotional about it. But uh, I, I, I will say, that, OK, this doesn't matter. This is the this is one of my weaknesses. Catch it. Catch it. Catch it. OK, you know what? This doesn't matter. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying you're right. I'm saying that it doesn't matter to find out. And so when, as a person like me, when you try to compromise, when you try to be like, this is the weakness I've been told I have, and then you try to exhibit that thing, and then you get attacked and people go, well, now you don't have a point. It feels like you just bastardized your whole message to me. Right. It feels like you just said, well, you want me to fix this, but if I fix it, you're going to say it's, that it's a weakness. It's the same like, thing. It's the same thing as when Katie finally told me things that she wanted and I had to like stop myself in my head from being like, well, I don't want that because you're like, wait, this is about their growth. So it's like, you don't want to step on the steps that you want someone to take. And sometimes people do. And like, I have to definitely like think about, okay, well, no, no, think step outside yourself for a second. It's just funny to me because the reason why I'm laughing here as you're going over that is I remember the first, we haven't released this, this episode, but when uh, the first thing that me and Freddie ever filmed for this podcast, we had like an hour long debate about Hulk and Thanos. And it was re- just stupid. And we were drunk. I know what you're about. You knew what I was going to say. I was going to say the word retard. Um, it was retarded. And it, anyone who has an issue with that, go watch Tom Segura's stand up special. It's great. Um, anyway, so. And uh, what happened is I remember we did it, whatever, and we ended the, the debate what have you. And Freddie, like a few, I don't know. It was like the next time that we were doing a podcast, Freddie goes, you know, when I thought this would work was when we had that fight over Thanos and Hulk. And he was like, and I looked at, uh, at the end of it and we were just like, cool afterwards. I go, yeah, we can make this work. <laughs> yeah. And it actually hasn't happened since. Yeah. It, has, it hasn't happened yeah, since. Cause we haven't drank that much yeah. on a podcast. Um, and, and one of the, one of the things that uh, it, so the thing that doesn't feel good is that, even like I, I'm not too emotional, but I still care about the people who are in my life. And it doesn't feel good to make someone feel bad if you care about them, at least. Um, <laughs> That's accurate. And, and so like what would happen and Taylor has gone through this exact thing is we'll have a disc- or an argument. It'll get to that point. I'll try to do. You know what? Let's just let it go. And she has before forced me. To say my my points, like no 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 no, like if you have something to say, say it, and I'll, I really will try my fucking best. To- because you know what, sometimes not knowing just just makes someone be like, what the fuck, what is in their head? Yeah, no, I need I, to know. I get I it, but you know. can't say that and then also I say know, don't debate. I know it's well. hypocritical. And, I know that. And so in that situation, I would literally be like, I really, I really, I've flat out said to her, I really don't think you're going to like anything that I say. 
But then she has and to then, know what. And then what she is hears it? it. And I've literally You're making it so tempting. In yeah. a huge heated debate that we had, I think she was standing up and I was sitting down. She said, "No, say it." And she thought she 100% she thought she was right. And I went through a whole fucking monologue. A B C D oh, no. like went through a whole monologue and at the end I felt awful because she was defeated. And I don't mean like defeated like, yeah, you're right. Your point makes sense. I mean like her heart hurt. And I didn't want to get to that point. And I'm going to let her give her side of that. Well, yeah, uh, when you start arguing about her dad being a deadbeat, she's going to be sad. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's very true. No, there, there has been so many times and more times than even I would like to admit where he has given me exactly what I wanted, exactly what I asked him to do, and I'm the one who was like, I blew it up. That's 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 the blowing up. Uh, yeah, that was a good sound effect. I like Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> it's her go-to sound effect. It's my go-to sound effect. And I was just but like, it's and and, and it's. And, and this is what I talk about, the haze, you know, the haze, the emotional haze. Because when that happens, and I remember, well, there's been several times that, <laughs> that that's happened. I'm standing in that doorway, he's sitting in that chair, and that exchange has happened. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's the emotional haze. And then that monologue from him is what brutally slices right through that haze. It just... And it's non-existent anymore, and and it does it does suck. It's it it sucks from his point that he didn't want to do that, and it sucks from our point, an emotional person's point that we, because a lot of times I think emotional people don't realize that that haze is in place. We don't understand that that has. Like it, it went from back here to here. And and it sucks when that haze is so easily just sliced through and it's gone. And Can't, you realize I, I, you can feel it, right? You can I have feel felt it. it. You can feel it and yeah. it's and it and it sucks. Yeah. It sucks when you stand there, especially when like <laughs> like there's some emotional people where they realize the next day or a few days from then that okay maybe I was a little emotional it sucks when you're so emotional and literally within minutes your whole thing is just brought down yeah and you're like wow I am such an asshole and it and and it sucks and it sucks for both sides right yeah and I think that's what brings it around is that it's it's such a two-way See, it's, it's funny that you mentioned like that haze right because I've I've felt that a lot, and then you your mind will go blank, right? And and that's exactly the moments though where, at least from my perspective, I'll step outside and I'll go, if I get into a debate right now, I'm going to lose because I'm like I can't make my points. So I'll take a step back and be like, what are my points? I'll have to like before I, I engage, I go, okay, hold on, hold on, just just get your shit straight. What's my point? Okay, this. Okay, what if they counter with this? Okay, this is my point. And it's, it's, but I'll feel that haze and I'll go, and uh, your mind just goes blank. And it's that adrenaline, it's that response to it that then logically I have to take a step back and go, okay, no, fucking breathe, get your fucking point straight. This is what you're arguing. Remember that that's where you're holding it down. 
because there have been times where even Freddie and I have have had a debate, and that's if you if you're in that haze, you are going to say something that you didn't intend to say, right? And then you're going to lose that debate because then they're going to hold on to it and they're going to be like, no, this is what you said. And then you're going to have to figure out a way to backtrack <laughs> outside. So you got to like get your shit straight and you got to just like, I, I feel like honestly, it's a skill. I feel like anyone could learn. I think some people naturally are better oh, yeah. to be in the calm of those scenarios. And like for me, I'm a very empathetic um, person. I, I really am, and I've had to learn how to become more logical on certain areas. And then there are just some things that naturally I'm just like, like, like I said, if someone comes to me about a scenario they're having a, a, a problems with, I'm like, I, I, I have to learn to be more empathetic in those scenarios because I'm like, well, you're looking for advice, but sometimes they're not, which is what we were talking about. But in debates, I'm definitely a very more emotionally driven person that I've had to learn how to be logical for. Yeah. I've actually often wondered, and I don't think I've ever brought this up to you, but I often wonder if if people who are dominant and, and logical have that haze. I don't think. They, yeah, yes. I actually do think they do. Uh, it, it comes out differently. I mean, it's obviously a different haze. But. So the haze that I get, um, and Taylor, I don't know if we're the same, um, but the haze that I get is not where... Um, I don't lose the ability to Did you debate. Say Taylor or Tyler? Tyler. Okay, because you said Taylor, but you looked. Did at I me. say? Oh, yeah, sorry. And, and you looked oh, at me, bad. and I was my like, bad. I was like, I think he might mean me. I'm on my like eighth drink. <laughs> no worries. Um, just wanted to clarify for the audience. So Tyler, I think that you you may be similar. The haze that I get, and I and I feel it drop almost immediately. Um, is I definitely know I I there are emotional tactics that you can begin to use when you're in a debate. Things that you shouldn't say if you're having a respectful debate. So I'll start saying things like, well, I mean, if if you don't know what you're talking about, you can just admit that. Or, uh, you know, oh, you can admit that you were wrong about that. Like, do you wanna, do you wanna change your statement? Or, you know, and, and, like there are things like that where Those it's just, a, it's, it's a ploy. Yeah. It's a, it's a like, and it, and it would be like, there's d debates I've right, had with you yeah, where yeah, like yeah. you might've said the wrong thing and that's all it was. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It means that you said the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, well, would you like to amend your statement? Would you like to change? Uh, and I right, say it right, in a sure. way that it's, it's aggressive, it's demeaning. And that's the haze that I will get into where I, I will know I'm getting to a point where now I'm, I'm being, I'm emotional. I'm still capable of logic and I'm debating the logic, but now I'm starting to say things that I know are going to piss someone off. And as a person who cares about the people I'm debating with, as soon as that's over, I'm like, fuck, you're an asshole. See, though, when I get into those moments like that haze, I love to hurt people. It's easy. I'm a terrible person. And I'll, I'll be like, but it will feel, and I'm, I'm very similar to um, certain other people in my family that, you know, I must have got it from either, I don't know, genetically or just from growing up. I don't know, nature versus nurture. I'm not sure, but... I'll legitimately look back and I'll go, God, you know, I'm just like so-and-so. And I'll look back and be like, because, like, you will lose yourself in the haze where you're like, you want, at least for me, like, I'll want to hurt that person at that point emotionally. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's usually you're against... You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually against an argument with someone who's also being just completely unreasonable. 
in my career. In my, uh, it'll in my be it'll, it'll be for an emotional person because if I feel like that's going to work. Yeah. Okay. If I'm, so if yeah. I'm arguing with a logical person and I know that me goading them or yeah. like hurting them in yeah, some so way you, emotionally isn't going to work. Right. Then I'm like, well, that's that's so you, useless to so me. So you're arguing against an illogical person and and not emotional, time. maybe not illogical. Yeah, emotional. I mean, you know, we're talking that these are little minute like details, but that. yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think it's just because I think I actually the technique, You'll do it that, regardless. that really ugly technique works best against logical people. Interesting. Because if you catch someone in a net of uh, just a small moment of, of, of an illogical thing, um, like, so no, you're, state, you're right, state you're, statements you're like. You're right about making them like. Aggress- like aggressively saying like do you want to rescind that do you want to do these things I just mean if I know that because I'm not talking to say like do you want to rescind that I'll just go for the throat like I'll know a personal thing oh, that might hurt okay, someone yeah, yeah. so that that and I'm like that is something I think and I'll is be like okay well used. how about you know and I'll, I'll bring it up because I'll want to go for the throat at that point because that's the haze that sometimes I fall into and if I'm a logical person that's not yeah. going to work yeah if you like, were to do that to me like if you were to be like your father left you I'd be like, I would never use really? that. I would never use that. I'm not saying I know, that would be it, but if there was some kind of if thing I knew, that you but could if hurt I knew me. that there was something that could hurt you, then yeah. it, but it wouldn't work because you're a logical person. As well. See, and I have a question about that because I have had these, those kinds of things happen with a lot of logical people, and they will go right for the throat. They know exactly what'll hurt someone, and they will say it to get out of this argument, or I don't know, to make themselves not have to deal with it or whatever. But I, my question is do you I, I've never received an apology afterwards from any of those people from what they've said during that moment do you guys ever apologize you know some assholes of course you do? I, I'm I'm but here's the thing <laughs> Freddie might not but for me because here's me I'm a very self-reflective person I'm a very nostalgic person I'm constantly reevaluating my uh privilege my scenario in a social setting my how i acted two weeks ago to be like was that you know appropriate for the scenario i'm constantly reevaluating myself and because that's where i believe that more growth is coming from is is figuring out where i am in certain settings and so you know i mean growth isn't always linear so i'm i still do those things but i am able to at least be like you know like that that was shitty of me and I apologize and I, but I, I and I don't do it in a way cause I, I also get really annoyed by, uh, abusive relationships where they're like, babe, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. And it's like, I'll never do it again. And then they go and do it like <laughs> the next day. And so I never want to be that person. So I'll just be like, Hey, look, you know, I'm sorry about that and, and try to move on and grow in some way, which is fantastic. And <laughs> thanks. And, the <laughs> make me feel so good about myself. So, here's the thing. I, as the emotional person, I'm always apologizing because I'm always saying shit I don't mean in a moment of the haze that has fallen over my brain and is making me say some shit that's not either not true or that I feel in the moment but I don't actually feel mm. and he when he says some shit that hurts i know it's true whether it it i mean it hurts it might hurt and he doesn't he doesn't do that shit often he doesn't he doesn't he never says things specifically 
to make you feel like shit. But there are times where and because so there's a I think there's a difference between logical and and very self-controlled. If you're a very if you're a person who's very controlled in in every aspect of your life, arguing is the same way. So there I am constantly apologizing for my actions, for my words, for things like that. He rarely apologizes and and this is something that we have talked about many many times I'm constantly apologizing and then constantly apologizing for my seemingly empty apologies which we've come to talk about are not necessarily empty but I've had to apologize so much more than he has and had to or you just do it what do you mean like, like, did you actually have to? Did you have a scenario yes. where you really needed to apologize? Or did you just feel like this is a scenario I should apologize for? No. But maybe on from a third-party perspective, they're like, eh, that really wasn't necessary. No. No one is on my side when I've had to apologize. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, so every single apology that you did, you felt like you've had to do. Yes. So I have apologized a number of times to Taylor. Yes. Right. The difference between my apologies and hers is that she gets emotional and says things she does not mean. Right, she right, will right, say right. things that are fully right, 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 like right. when she becomes sober, either actually like based on inebriation or sober of the haze. Right, right, right. She will be like, what I said, to you, the exact sentence I said to you, I didn't mean at all. You are this. You were this. Those words would never come out of my mouth if I were whatever. The, the reason I don't apologize as much but have apologized is because my haze it's not saying things I don't mean. Right, right. It's saying things in ways that I didn't mean to say them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, and, and that's where I you were like, like... I would like to think that almost every single time I've said things just cruelly or whatever, things that are true or things that, like, I don't apologize about the message, but I said them in just the wrong ways, I almost always apologize. If I can see the effect that they had, I will say, look, what I said last night was important. What I said last night is true. What I said right last night was not said in the right way. It was an asshole way to say it. I said the wrong things. I had the wrong tone. And that I will always apologize. But emotional people tend to say things they don't mean. That is something yeah. I don't and, do. And when, she, and when you were saying something along those lines, I remember thinking that I was like, the only reason why you know how to cut into somebody yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is the only reason why you know how to cut in somebody is because you know that what you're saying is true, and they know it's true. Lies don't mean shit. Someone can tell me a lie, and if I know that it's not true about myself or whatever, I can fucking brush it off. People have told me things that they've perceived on me that's like some insult, and I'll laugh because I'll be like, that's not true. But what I love is when someone does do those hurtful things to me, and no one really does it to me. But the, there have been few slick moments. There have been three people in my life who have done so. Where it's come off in an asshole way. And it's the truth. And it hurts. But I love it. Because it motivates me. Because it, it snaps your reality back. And someone says something. And they might say it in an asshole way. But I'll go, you know what? Fuck, they were right. And maybe I wasn't seeing that. When I think that's that's an important... I had, I had a situation like... And then I'll motivate. If someone says, like, you're a shitty actor... And if I feel like they said it in a true way and like I felt that way, I, I would hold on to that memory. Right. And then I'd be like, got to get better. Got to get better because I'm not going to have that moment happen again and have it be yeah. true. There's occasionally times like it's 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 really hard to hear someone like if you respect someone 
and you you care about them. If they sit there and say sober of alcohol and, and sober of emotions, hey, like you're really doing bad at this right now. Like this thing that yeah. you're doing, like I had my, my best friend had a conversation with me where he was like, I went through a phase where I was just an asshole. I was like, if I'm right, I don't need to be nice. I was like, it, it, the only reason that I'm going to 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 cater to your emotions is if I'm wrong. Otherwise, if I'm right and I can prove that I'm right, why the fuck do I got to be nice about it? Like, you're wrong, so stop talking. And I was just in this phase where it's just, right. I just, I if I, like, prove that you're right. Oh, you can't? Good thing I can. Right. And if they couldn't prove that they were right or prove that I was wrong, I would dismiss them. And I went through a real big phase where I was doing that and I was hurting a lot of my friends feeling feelings because it just it was like, oh, we'd say they'd say things and I would be right. But I'd say it in the worst way possible. I'll walk. We're going to end it here soon. Yeah. Um, And I'd say it in the worst way possible. My girlfriend called an hour ago. I was like, where are you? (laughs) But uh, but I ended in I I just have things go in the worst way possible where I just I went through a phase. And then my best friend flat out was like uh, he was like, hey, you're being an asshole. No one wants to be around you right now. Like. Yeah, you're right. He was like, you're right most of the time. But uh, the way you're being right really sucks. And uh, I was I got defensive that night. I was pissed. And I was like, you know what? If everyone I was like, you're saying everyone has a problem. You're saying all this shit. And like, OK, cool. So fucking leave. I said, all of you can fuck off. Like, if that's how you feel, go. And then he pretty much I got I got gung ho and he just slapped me down immediately. He was like. I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, Freddie, you're fucking stupid. Yeah, right. He was right, like, right. 90% of you, we love. That right. 10% is really flaring up right now. And we're telling you that that 10% of you is awful right now. And you're sitting here saying that we just got to go. He was like, we love you. But right now you're being an idiot. And that was the first time I was like, well, shit. Being right is not the only part of this equation. Right. I thought that. I thought that's what it was. If you're right, well, then why would people talk about how you're right? Just if you're right, you're right. And that was one of the big moments of mine where I had to get slapped down. And so you got to start just understanding when people come to you and they say this is a thing, it should motivate you. Yeah. It I should. Mean, you know, I I love when people tell you the the cold honest truth. Yeah. And, and the, the self reflection is the biggest thing that you said because my big thing is in the moment I'm really bad at understanding the full situation. I'm good at debating. I'm good at logic. But the amount of times I've come to her, Taylor, after a night of arguing and told her how I was wrong that she couldn't tell me the night of, like, it's like, hey, he, here's here's what I did do wrong last night. Um, That like that, that, that self-reflection is a huge fucking part of it. It is honestly so key to any of that stuff. Because and that's the thing. People don't have self-awareness sometimes in this world. And they go through life repeating the same mistakes, you know, going through the same ruts and you got to be able to look at yourself honestly. Much like serial killers. Oh god. Do the same thing over oh and over again. Yeah, but when you're that um, when you're that sexy girl, <laughs> you don't need self-reflection. Well, and so one of the one of the last things I'll say is that a, a huge component of it is that debating is a skill like you said earlier. Debating yeah. in logic is a skill set. Okay, and the issue is what I do fully recognize is that although I pride myself on being a good debater and I pride myself on being right most of the time, uh, what I do fully, fully admit to is that I know that there has to be times and there have been some factual times where I got into my ego. I was upset. I was emotional. I knew I was wrong, but I was better at debating than them. So they lost. 
And there are times where sometimes you win because of your skill set, not right. because you're actually right. And that's an important sure. thing to recognize that's if true. you're in a position of being skilled at the form of arguing and debate. Yeah. And, and that's, there was a wonderful thing that I learned. One of the only things I really learned about my year in college was during an English class. And it was, this was written in like 98 and it was about the death of the debate and how, and it goes into how to be, how a good debate should go and how debate used to be used as the primary learning source for our country back in the 1800s, 1900s, what have you, when information was harder to get out, where it was like, you would say what you knew on this topic, I'd say what I knew on this topic, and if my knowledge was trumping yours, you'd go, well, now I gotta go fucking, either I learned something, or I gotta go learn more to try to prove, like, it was, it was, and you were able to acknowledge and, and move on and grow and learn, whereas nowadays it's just a shouting match, and this was written like 98, right? And I, he died. No, he died in 98. It was written in 97. And I wish that this author had survived another 20 years because I would have loved to have seen his viewpoint on today's society with social media and the aspect of I'm con, you know, I'm going to yell louder. I'm going to be right. The tweets, everything to where everything gets blown up. Now it's an entirely different world than what he wrote about in 97, how much more connected we are as human beings, but how much knowledge is still available yet. We almost tend to not, using i would have loved to have seen his take on it but yeah it's a skill and uh we're gonna leave it at that ted bundy is sexy do you want to say anything freddie uh thank you Brittany, and thank you taylor loved having you guys here Brittany taylor we want to have you guys back how long is it right now it's like going on three hours at least jesus yeah it's our longest one by far i'm gonna have a fun time editing this Brittany, you're welcome Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Taylor, do you want to say something? Maybe end it on a less condescending, cocky note. You're welcome. Yay. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, this is why maybe we shouldn't. You have guys that have a good time. Okay. Okay. okay See okay. ya. Bye.